to a new episode of Top Plays Podcast. Don't mind me, just going to shoot over a link to Ward like I always do every week. And we have a lot to discuss, I feel like, um, mainly because we didn't record last week. Uh, get into that here in a little bit. But uh, just waiting for Ward to join so we can start talking. I know he's watching um, the football game tonight between the Chicago Bears and um, New England Patriots. That just looks like a disaster of a game, so I have avoided watching that and instead have been watching um, the TV show uh, Girls. So I've been uh, working my way through that, and I am on season three. But uh, more talk on that later, and I know he's probably going to want to discuss his fantasy week because he is uh, kind of like I was last night. He's hanging on for like a defense to like just basically suck so he can get a win. Uh, that was me the other night. Um, Reese Hall got injured, and that helped me greatly. And then I was just hoping that Denver's defense kept getting scored on by the Jets. I think that's who they were playing the other night. But I was like, just put up points, please. <laughs> so, and and Brandon McManus or whatever his name is, for the kicker of the, the Broncos, I was like, please, just don't kick any field goals. And we're good. There he is. For the wins. record. Yeah, for the record. I don't expect to win, but at the fir- in the first half, like by halfway through the first half, uh, my opponent had more points, not just projected, but actually had more points than now because his defense has not been playing as well. They started off as as common. Your defense starts with your score really high, and it starts dropping. But um, if he, if which it probably won't happen, but if he was to lose like four, uh, four or five more points because of the defense, I would win. Yeah, I know it's really closer now. It's three point one six points. Uh, to yeah. be completely uh, specific on that, but exactly, uh, that's crazy. I I feel you because I honestly thought I was going to lose this week, and I was just kind of pissed about it because uh, this is why fantasy football is dumb sometimes. Uh, I was going to have the second most points in our league if I would have lost, and I would have been just very upset because really I scored second most points by like 18 points, I think is the closest, and that's Chrissy. And I just would have been pissed I lost. And thankfully, unfortunately for Breesaw, I didn't want that to happen where he tore his ACL. But I was glad he went to the sideline, and then uh, his defense just kept giving up points to the Jets, um, which is awesome. And his kicker didn't do anything else. So it kind of helped me get a win this week. So after today, you're, you should surpass me as the second most points? I'll be – yeah, I should be um, – I won't pass Chrissy because I'm down too far. Right. Cause she, she right now has the most – Right, um, but I should be in second place overall too because if right if of course you lose because right now you have because she's beat Cobra who's in third, so if you win you obviously you stay in second. Right. If you lose you still stay in second. Um, I'm sorry, you would stay in third. You go to third, I think. I, th- I don't think Cobra right. has enough points yep. yet. 
but then I would beat you by like two or three points. It's very, very close as far as overall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, um, I, I don't know. I've been annoyed, even though I won last week, it was an annoying week. And, uh, this week I'm really annoyed because on paper, my fantasy team should have killed. Like it's it's annoying. And they they were they definitely like you were predicted still to lose, but you like got twenty points less than you are you were predicted to get from like the start of the you know a week. Right. Yeah. And not only that, but like uh, Pickens did well for me. Fryermuth did well for me. Like my defense got twelve points. So it's like the people that were that I was unsure of did well, but then you had like freaking uh, Lamar Jackson only got ten points. Lamar's the one really let you down because you you usually expect your quarterback to get you about twenty points. Like yeah. just looking at your matchup this week, Aaron Rodgers got twenty points and he was not good in that game because I had it on watching it. Because I had so many Packers playing in my like three teams, like I just heavily involved, like invested in like Green Bay's offense, and it's been right. awful this year. Because I've seen a lot of their offensive plays because of that, and like everyone is kind of, like, I mean, well, you expect like, expect twenty points, and then when your quarterback goes and gets you a whopping ten, I didn't know until today that he threw sixteen passes total yesterday. Just threw sixteen. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. I mean, they – so, like, outside of fantasy, he didn't play that bad. Like, he didn't do a lot, but he kind of helped. They they seem to be relying on the run more, which is probably good. Yes, they did, thankfully. Yes. And he still seemed to be, like, managing them well, you know. So, it wasn't that – it's not that he had a terrible game, but he did not have the, the type of, like – groundbreaking like game changing type play performance that you ex- that you come to expect from him and because because of that yeah, in fantasy he just didn't do much no and just like um like I'm on the opposite end this week where uh it was it was I got hit the more I thought about it, I was like I was talking with Christy this week and I was like actually Week 14 is going to be rough for me because I'm losing, like, all of my running backs. Because, <laughs> again, I have a lot of Packers, and I think the Saints are on a bye, the Falcons are on a bye. So it's, like, a lot of my players, like, for running backs, it's going to be, like, scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like, I told you, I like I would start myself at running back in fantasy because it's just, like, terrible that week. But I think this may be bigger because I was losing not only Cup but Jefferson as well, and they put up, like, maybe 30 points together on a normal week. Right. So it's like giving up 30 points. And so for me heading into the week, I uh, actually wanted to watch the Arizona New Orleans game Thursday. And I went with like, Rashard Lattimore was out and they were banged up in the secondary. So I thought I'm going to start because I needed, since my two receivers were out, I thought, well, Lazard's a, a no brainer because he's been doing pretty well. And then I had just like a plethora of guys who just haven't done much of anything. Um, so I had like uh, Deontay Johnson uh, was an option. I had Dobbs, but I didn't really want to start two Packers. And and then it was uh, um, 
Rondale Moore. And so I thought, you know what? I think they could, he can do pretty well against the Saints defense. And I looked great at the start of the game because he had a 31-yard reception. And I was like, oh, this is great. I feel like the second play of the game, maybe, first or second. And I was like, okay, this is going to look good. And then that's the only pass he caught the entire game. And just just 3.1 points because of that. And I was like, you got to be <laughs> kidding me. So that drastically tanked me. And so when I heard Swift was going to be out, I thought, well, I don't want to go against the Packers D. Uh, I'm sorry, against Dallas's D because it, it's, they are pretty good against the run. But I thought, you know, hey, he's probably going to have a safer floor than a lot of other options for, you know, the, the play receiver for me, like Deontay Johnson, who's been kind of like up and down. He's not really had like a great game yet or Dobbs. Um, I did consider no. starting Gus Edwards, to be honest, because – the, uh, Cleveland's bad stopping the run, but I didn't, and there's no, um, uh, Garrett was out as well, but I was kind of worried that with his first game back, that he would only get like a few carries versus like a he- being heavily involved. And he put up 18 points and he's on my bench. <laughs> so that's, that's the call I should have made. Right. Um, yeah. and, and instead of more, I should have played like, but it really doesn't matter. Like Deontay Johnson didn't do that much better. But I, what I should have done is, uh, in my flex spot, played um, Gus Edwards with my gut, but I didn't. I want to play safe since I uh, had a chance heading into the week. But, uh, yeah, I ended up holding on. Uh, thanks to uh, Joe Burrow putting my whole entire fantasy team on his back and uh, putting up 51 points this week. <laughs> yeah, he had an incredible game. Uh, yeah, he's really turning the season around. I watched it. Yeah, it was insane. It was it was just wild. Um, so glad because really, if he didn't like, I was definitely going to lose this week, which I still would have been in contention. And I even kind of like, well, this is a week I'm going to probably lose, and probably week fourteen. As so you kind of project a little bit, like, okay, that's even though it's so late in the season, you're thinking there's two losses, so that makes me like three and five, and then we have six weeks left. So I kind of want to at least be about five hundred, and you just gotta like make you know, like kind of plow through. But picking up this win is big because. Like I said, I had I, even if I would have lost, like I still would have had the second most fantasy points, and it just would have been very frustrating because I hate when that happens. Um, because not like I, I put up like 121, so that's pretty good, but yeah, it, it just would have been very frustrating. Yeah, well, good for you, good for you. You know, like I went into this week kn- knowing there was a very good chance I wasn't going to win, uh, because yeah, Diggs is a uh, main receiver of mine, and he was out. And then Singletary's like my running back, my RB2, and he's out. So, you know, I was kind of going into the week expecting not to do that well. But then, you know, based on some pickups I got, I started to get kind of excited. Oh, I got a really good shot. You know, I, I did some some moving and shaking. I, I grabbed uh, Murray that seems to be really taken over with uh, Denver and he did pretty well. It, it was a good replacement for Singletary. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, I picked up Pickens for, for Pittsburgh. That was a good play. That was a, that was a good play. Cause he got that touchdown and yeah, he actually 12 points. That, that was a good play. Yeah. So, I mean, I was excited. I knew Baltimore would probably do well on defense. I didn't know they were going to do that well, 12 points. So, and then I grabbed some other people as backups and didn't go with them. I had Christian Kirk starting. And then I, um, after discussing it with you, 
I, <laughs> I, I didn't tell you I was going to switch out Kirk, but uh, I took your advice and played Lockett. And it was Kirk that I switched him out for, which Kirk has not done well the last two or three games. He really hasn't. Lockett only got me four and a half points, whereas Kirk got would have gotten me ten. And I might would be winning. <laughs> I would probably win this week if I had played Kirk. Well, to be fair, I thought it was – I would guess it wouldn't have been any better. I, it was actually – it was. You, I thought you were going to start Kirk or your, it was one of your receivers, and it was either going to be Pickens or Lockett. And uh, I, I don't know if you're going to start like another running back or something as your flex. I'm not sure, but right. I thought that's who it was down to. And I thought Lockett just had a better chance versus the third, basically third receiver. So, um, and that ended up working out pretty well uh, for you. But uh, going forward, though, Lockett might be a better play because um, DK is probably going to miss a couple of weeks because he got injured yesterday with his knee. So nothing serious. Like, he's not going to be That's out true. a long time. But, I mean, he's not a bad option to have around. You know, yeah, I'm going yeah, to think about it, see how the weeks look. I mean, like, Kirk, Kirk was really good at the first few games of the season. And then he, the last few, he's done really poorly. But then yesterday, he did. They went back to him, so I don't know. I don't know. So basically, my point is, I did some good moving and shaking, and I had some good options, so that I I had a very good chance of winning if my quarterback had lived up to what he sh- to what I expected. Unfortunately, Trevor Lawrence for the second week in a row outscored. Lamar by a lot, but Le- Trevor was on my bench. So I would like to point out that you probably could have started uh, Taylor Heineke and still won this week because he put up 18 points. Heck, you probably could have started Marcus Mariota, who got 15 points in fantasy and still somehow, uh, you know, might have might have kept you afloat. Um, yeah, it was just. Uh, and L- Lamar is still my favorite player in the NFL, hands down. But he just underperforming as of late. At least they finally won a game. I'm. They were. They, he was bad yesterday too. The player I'm going to talk about, but I'm still glad I traded for him because he's been great this year. Um, so I, I made a, a big trade, a three for one. I don't know, like three weeks ago. Uh, I just got tired of tight end, really. I mean, I drafted Kyle Pitts thinking, like, okay, he's probably going to be, like, the third best tight end, and that, then I don't have to worry about it. I'd rather just pay for a tight end. I have to worry about it every week that I just have someone, like, that's not going to be very good. And I just got – Pitts has just been dreadful this year. Like, I had him almost in every league, too, and he's just been awful. And so – Is it him I, or is it his team? It's it's really I think his coach um, because they just okay. run the ball all the time. Like yesterday, they're down twenty one points and they're still running the ball. Like pass the ball. It doesn't matter now. He's on my team, but uh, I ended up doing a three for one trade. So it was Kyle Pitts, um, DeAndre Hopkins, and uh, Jeff Wilson for Mar- uh, Mark Andrews. And so I mean he did have a bad game yesterday, but Andrews has been pretty solid since you know getting to my team. He just had four yards yesterday, so. Definitely not a great day, but outside of that, right. he's been very, very solid for a position that just is awful in fantasy. Unless you have Kelsey or Andrews. <laughs> I, right. I almost fell for that um, Dulcic, uh, like, 
swing of everyone so excited about him because he came back from being hurt and had such a good game. So I picked him up, and it still may not be a bad – I think it still could be a good pickup. I think he really could be developing into something. But I went with Fryermuth, and I'm glad. I mean, tied in seven and a half. That's not a lot of points, but he's he's consistent. Right, yeah, he's consistent. So, I mean – um, yeah. I'm glad I went with that. I don't know. I mean, like, I again, like, it was just a disappointing, a disappointing week in fantasy because one player decided not to just be his average self. His average self is twenty something points. So let's. I, I'm going to talk about since we're talking about like disappointments in fantasy. Um, I wanted to talk about a disappointment that I've had is uh, picking up James Robinson at the start of the season was awesome. He was just doing very, very well for like three weeks in a row, getting you like 15 plus points a game. And this is in standard scoring. And just like the last couple of weeks, he's just been nothing. Like he's just been point. Like they've not And we've been losing. And, and Jaguars are losing. He was on my bench. I didn't start him, obviously, because he's been so poor lately. But uh, he was—he had one target yesterday. Didn't catch it. Had one target. No rushing attempts. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, I'm going to have to drop this guy or try to, like, maybe package him and another player, maybe someone else to uh, just a competent player that could be a flex maybe. And um, there was great news when I stepped out of the shower tonight. And it is that he got traded from – the Jags to the Jets, who are a run-heavy offense, and that looks actually pretty promising. Maybe not this week, but maybe going forward, uh, he might get some work in, and that might be a nice flex player on my bench, at least still I have. I am happy for him, and I <laughs> do think it will be good for you, but I'm bummed that Jags – for your real life yeah, team. my real life team. I'm bummed that the Jaguars did that because uh, again, they should have won. There are games they should have won it. They've been losing, including yesterday. Even though they looked better yesterday, they should have won. Now, yes, Etn is playing great. He he is. He's playing great. But the one-two punch of Etn Robinson was really working well beginning of the season. And now they've lost that. Yeah, it was. Now they have, uh, I think, Jamichael Hasty is their backup. So he's going to be basically kind of taking that. And I don't even say role because the last couple weeks, James Robinson's been like phased out of the offense. But they didn't really get even right. high I draft don't think, for him. Like, right. they got I don't him, think. Like, I don't think they're going to like. I just don't think they're. I think they're going to kind of just lean on pretty much just ETN. Which, yes, again, ETN's playing great. But still, that one-two punch of the two of them was really good. And Robinson, Robinson is too good. I mean, I don't know. I just think it's a mistake. Yeah, they gave up a a, a six-rounder that more than likely will become a fifth-rounder because he just has to have, I think, 500 total rushing yards this year. And he's already, like, three-something. So he's very close to hitting that, like, already. Uh, so it's likely he'll get – it'll be to a fifth rounder, but that's still not bad to give up for James Robinson, who's a pretty solid running back because, you know, throughout his time in the NFL and, and even at the start of this season was very, yeah. very good. So. 
I'm happy. <laughs> Just because, like, hey, maybe he's a piece down the yeah, road. Yeah, I mean, flex, you should be. Right. Sometimes finding that flex is difficult. Like, you're trying to piece, especially during, like, buys and stuff, you're trying to piece together. And so him and Gus Boss, I, I took a chance on uh, Gus Edwards is who I'm referring to. His name is Gus Boss. And um, I picked him up when he was on uh, the pup list because you can add him to the IR spot. <laughs> I thought maybe he'll do something. And then J.K. Dobbins gets injured last week. I'm like, oh, okay. That actually might be pretty decent. Right. And so at least I, for a couple weeks, might have uh, some flex options there between those two players. Yeah. I don't know. I'm disappointed. I'm still not doing bad in our league, but I am on a very much downward trend. My points have dropped tremendously, even on wins. And yeah, I just, I got to pick it back up. And on paper, my team, I honestly think has gotten better. If Pickens continues to produce, and I do think he can continue to be like a double digit receiver, you know, my team's probably gotten better because unfortunately, here's, okay, yeah, another letdown. Debo only got me four points yesterday, and he just – they haven't been utilizing him as much. Yeah. Now he's questionable, but um, – Yeah, that I, I don't buy anything like this. Or the, I think the more concerning for me, like I'm not worried about Gus Edwards. He has the same status, but it's like he was already injured, so I think just right. kind of that. Um, but there is a short – I'm actually looking forward to Thursday's game this week as well with uh, the Ravens and the, the Bucks going at it on Thursday. So I'll definitely have it on because I have more than likely just I've already kind of looked ahead to see who I might start this coming week. So Chris Burrow and then, of course, my two receivers, Cup and Jefferson. Um, I'm yep. going to start Gus. Uh, as my, uh, He's going to be mainly on my flex this week, but I think I'm going to start him at my running back spot because he plays on Thursday, and that gives me some options at that flex position if I want to pull him out. And, of course, I'm going to go uh, Kamara. Andrews and I'll probably go right. Aaron Jones. Oh, for sure. Um, even though he's going against Buffalo's defense, I think that probably seems like the safest of my players. Um, but if he, if I want to change that out or if it, things aren't looking great, I can always flex him out for somebody else. That's why I want to kind of put Gus Bucks in the the running back spot. So we'll see how it goes uh, for this coming week. But I think my opponent. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to stick with Lamar because, I mean, they haven't been very good. Of course. Uh, the, Bucks, the Bucks, I mean. gave up a ton of points to the Panthers. Right, right. So I'm definitely going to stick with Lamar. And uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes from there. I'll have, you know, but I think that's my only real concern is him. Uh, if he produces like normal, I should have a good shot. We'll see what happens, but. I'll have Diggs back. That'll be big because he's been the leading receiver in fantasy so far this year as far as points. Yeah, yeah, he's been incredible. Yeah, all right. Well, I think we have probably talked enough about fantasy. Um, any any other, like, NFL stuff? I mean, we haven't been on in two weeks because I had surgery. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to, I didn't get, I know we probably touched on it the last episode, but I couldn't remember and I don't want to like mention it for sure. But yeah, I know we, we took off last week because of the surgery recovery. Um, so yep. 
glad to hear you're doing better. You got cleared to return to work and everything, so that's always good as well. I know that was kind yeah, of I can bear something that was like oh yeah, I was really concerned about missing too much work because I had a little bit of PTO, but not very much. Um, so luckily with yeah. that and then not missing too much, I'm doing uh, doing all right. But and then the recovery's been really quick. Uh, so just to recap, I had two disc replacements in my neck uh, that have been giving me trouble. And so they go in on the left side of my neck. They they slice into the front left of my on my throat. So there's a there's like a scar now, but the doctors have said it probably won't really be noticeable um, once it's all done healing. So that'd be cool. I mean, if there is a scar, there's a scar. But uh, if there's not, even better. But I did, so I did that. The first two or three days, it was kind of rough because, like, the skin's super tight. You can barely move your head. And then, like, your my shoulders and all were, like, overcompensating for, like, not my, my neck muscles just not really doing anything. So I was getting real sore, real stiff, especially trying to sleep. I had to wear, like, a collar and all this stuff. And, yeah, uh, but I start and then also yeah, the first few days swallowing it all was awful because just like my throat was so was swollen, you know, so swollen inside it was awful. Uh, but the recovery was pretty quick. I stopped taking uh, pain meds within like four or five days of, after because the surgery was on a Wednesday. By like that Saturday or Sunday, I wasn't taking pain meds at all anymore. Um, and I was taking Tylenol every a little bit as my only thing for pain. And then I stopped doing that pretty quick too. Uh, so um, I, I'm limited as to like a tiny bit on movement. I've gotten most of my movement back. And then I just have to be careful about like over trying to like stretch, like reaching too high. And they have like a, I'm not supposed to pick up more than 10 pounds. You know, so I just have to be careful of not trying to over, I'm not overdoing it, picking up stuff that's too heavy. But other than that, I'm doing really good. Yeah, yeah, because of that, we missed last week. You know, so there was, you know, NFL stuff obviously happened last week. The NBA, NBA has started. NBA! I honestly don't really remember (laughs) much of NFL last week. Uh, This this week, there were... The games haven't been, there's been a few good games this week, but not many. This was one of those weeks where I didn't care. That's like, um, so I, I love horror movies around this time of the year. So uh, that's what I did a lot over this yeah. weekend. Um, there, I mean, I had a game on like while I was like working out or or I was eating or something like that. Um, but I wasn't really watching closely um, to any of the games until the Steelers played because honestly, I just didn't really care. Like I had one on, I was playing 2K, um, just things like that. Like I just... There are no really good games this week, to be honest. Um, the Packers' offense is just completely broken. Um, oh I've been watching gosh. them so much this year yeah. because I've the, had so many yeah. players, like receivers and running backs. Like, I have A.J. Dillon in leagues. I have um, Aaron Jones. I have Dobbs. I have Lazard. I have Tunyon. <laughs> and I had their D for a long time. And I finally gave up on their defense. I'm, I'm done with the Packers' defense. Like, I, I definitely don't want any parts of their, their defense. Um, but it's just been – they've just been awful this year. And their their offense is broken. Um, the Bucks are just 
I, I was completely shocked that we beat the Bucks last week. I'm a Steelers fan, of course, and I just could not believe it. Oh, yeah. And then you had them, like, the Panthers just traded Christian McCaffrey, so they're just out for this year. And you think they're probably going to have, like, one of the worst right. records in the league, and they just go and just put, like, 21 points on the Bucks yesterday and beat them 21-3. to So it's, it's just insane. Like, they, they seem, like, in a funk. Um, I don't know what it is because – I know Brady himself, I know everyone's making a big deal of into the wedding and everything, and I get it. Like, it, maybe he's not as dialed in as past seasons. But I, I mean, he's getting a divorce. Yeah, I mean, there's That's definitely a lot. a lot of stuff going on, but, like, they they just – they don't seem right right now. And I, I think there's still time for either of those teams to get together because they're only, like, seven weeks into the season, and there's still 10 weeks to go. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, 11 weeks to go because it's an 18-week season. So, I mean, there's still time. And really, you don't want to get hot early. You want to get hot late. Like, in the last, like, like week 13, that's kind of when you want to get start getting hot. Like, that last, like, four or five weeks of the season. But, man, they, they both just seem like right. they're not – they're in a terrible division. I'm sorry, terrible conference. So, I mean, Tampa Bay still probably wins that division because I don't see the Panthers doing it. I don't see the Falcons who won't throw the ball at all. And no. I don't see the Saints doing it. So I think they still win their division. Packers maybe as a wild card, just depending how that shakes up. So those are my those are my uh, NFL thoughts from from yesterday. They just yeah. I mean, the Baltimore game wasn't that bad to watch. I had it. so I was at work. I worked. I went back to work Saturday, and then good for me after missing work. I also worked yesterday. And it also gave my boss, who had been working this whole time while I was out, it gave him a chance to uh, to get a break. So I worked yesterday, which normally I don't work Sunday. So I didn't get a chance to watch many games. But, um, you know, I had the Baltimore game on. I had the Jags game on. The Jags game, for the most part, was a good game. And we just lost it there near the end. Uh, but the, also the Giants are good. I mean, Daniel Jones has really turned it around this season for him in a lot of ways. And they're just – they're playing better. Uh, the the Steelers game uh, wasn't – that was a – I mean, to hold Miami to only 16 points, yes, it was a loss. But, I mean, Miami's been on fire. And it was like Tua's return after all the concussion stuff. So, I mean, to hold Miami to only 16 is actually saying something for that defense. It is. Yeah, I mean, especially the way it looked at the start of the game, it looked like they were just going to, like, light us up. Um, right. They started playing better on coverage, and they definitely had a chance to the end. It's just we couldn't get anything done on offense. Um, it's yeah. very, very tough. Even though Pickens – had a bad couple breaks there. Yeah, even though Pickens had a good game, uh, which was good for me. They just and they just yeah, they just couldn't get it going. Even like Pickett didn't look all that great. I mean, no, he didn't look great. Uh, the running game has been kind of bad this whole year. Yeah, that's one of their problems. They, they, they're not, they're not able to keep uh, defenses honest because their running game hasn't been very good, and that's the difference of something like even um, the game going on right now with the Bears because, uh, like, their runners aren't terrible, 
But then also you have a quarterback in fields who can just run the ball so well. You, it keeps the – now, granted, the defense can kind of just lock in on fields. Is he, is he passing? Is he running? But still, it kind of keeps them honest of, like, are they going to be a run defense? Is this, do we need to be in a pass defense? And when, you, when, when you're only doing one of those two pretty much the whole game, when you're not able to do the other, the defense gets to predict and set, gets to choose what they want to do really well. It just doesn't keep them honest. And the, the, the Steelers are just not able to keep the defense honest right now. And then on top of that, um, I hope Pickett turns out really well. I think he has potential. Obviously, it's early. But when, you're, when your offense isn't doing that great to begin with and, then, and you can't really run the ball, then you're really in a bad place against defenses. So, Yeah. Well, right now, I just I just looked at the standings and we're like in line for a top six pick. And I mean, honestly, I'm all in for it this year because this, this team isn't any good. It's like last year when we weren't any good, we still made the playoffs. And you know, we're just going to get slaughtered against the Chiefs the first weekend. So, like, what's the point? Right. So, it's kind of like this. Like, we're not, and even if we would like say get into like, uh, we're not that good. Even if we end up being like nine and eight or something like that this season and came close to a playoff spot miraculously. Uh, we're just not a good team. So, I mean, we might be in it for depending who we'd play as far as matchup wise. I mean, the right probably more likely if we got like in that like seventh. I'm trying to think how many playoff teams are there now? Seven, eight, eight playoff teams? No, seven playoff teams. It's crazy. There's too many. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, there's seven in each division that make it. Uh, let's say we were the seventh seed. Right. That means we're probably playing the Chiefs or the Bills, whoever doesn't win the division of the conference. So another slaughter fest. I'd rather just have a low draft pick, or, right. or in this case, a high draft pick, and um, hopefully get someone that can make a big impact on our team, or move back in the draft and get more capital, draft capital. So um, I'm fine. It's okay. Like we, this yeah. would be like our first really bad season. Not that not, not in playoff, but just like a really bad season, probably since like. Last year, uh, I think we had one year <laughs> where we were seven and nine with Ben. Like we were good last year, but we still yeah. made the playoffs. So it's not—it's hard to say like it was a bad season, but like an actual right. bad season where we might win like five games. Uh, I think one year we went like six and ten or something like that, right. or seven and nine. Something that probably is kind of like—I don't think we'll be seven and nine. I think that's too many wins for us. But I'm all in for it. Let's just let's just get a good draft pick. Now, should they hold on to Pickett or should they go for a different quarterback? Uh, I think it depends on the prospects. Um, I kind of like taking the best player on the board. I mean, especially when it comes to NBA, like even if you, if you have like a power forward and it's okay, let's say this, you have the number one draft pick, but like my centers, you know, Joel Embiid, I don't care if I can get one Yama, <laughs> I'm going to get one Yama. So I feel like, right. If you could get another core, I mean, look at the roster. We don't, Trubisky sucks. Um, Mason Rudolph is, has been inactive this whole season. So he's, you know, we're going to, going to sign him to another contract extension. And after this, so like if we can get two rookies or two younger quarterbacks, cause I guess he'd be a second year player at that point, but I'm, I'm okay with it. Like if he, if he's going to be like a great quarterback or if we want to trade out of it and get draft capital, which is kind of like how I think would probably would play out, but uh, I'm okay with it. Cause look what, look what the, mm-hmm. Look what Philly did. That, that's kind of what they did with Hurts when they took him in the second round. They were just saying, like, hey, yeah, we have 
at the time. They thought Wentz was going to be the thing, but they thought, hey, we'll just get another quarterback, and if something happens, we have a backup. Or look at the Patriots. They have Zappy, and he's actually been pretty solid for them. And uh, Oh, my gosh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm oh, not against yeah. it at all. Yeah, I feel like so – well, two, so two things. Tomlin, as great of a coach as he is, I think he sometimes is too loyal. Uh, and um, and I don't see him unless unless something happened and you get a quarterback that's already in the NFL that's pretty good that they somehow could trade for, and I don't really see that happening. I don't see him wanting to draft like true competition for Pickett. I feel like he wants um, – unless Pickett just, like, really starts going south this season, I think he sees Pickett as next year's quarterback. I don't see them taking a quarterback high. I would see them either trading out of it or taking someone else, to be honest. But yeah, would I be disappointed? Especially with they, what – no, I'm sorry. Go let's, ahead. Let's say they, no, I was going to say, let's say they trade back and they get more picks. And let's say later in the first round they took another quarterback. They had, like, two first-round picks, and they ended up – trading you know and getting one that would be okay like i'm not against like again a quarterback's a a very important position so i'm I'm all for having like the best talent there and we don't really have a good backup so i'm okay with it um to create healthy competition in that aspect but um yeah I, i don't see them doing that realistically just to following this team and see how they they draft and everything right over you know 20 plus 25 years probably I've been watching them, if not longer than that. Um, I just don't see them. Right. And also, with Pickett being so young, I don't, (laughs) like, I wonder how healthy would it be or would it, or with him being so young, would it all, would it um, actually, would the competition uh, create fear in him, you know? To where he's I don't worried. Uh, I mean, to where like he's so, that where he he worries more about his spot than just the opportunity to just to to even more solidify why he is the man. You know. Oh yeah, I definitely get what you're saying there for sure. Um, and I mean, those that's definitely a valid question. And of course, I have no answers or anything for it. But yeah, I definitely get what you're saying and everything. Um. Yeah, time will tell. And like I said, I'm all for, I'm all for it at this point, just getting a, uh, a better draft pick because, like I said, this team isn't good enough to actually um, to win it all. So why – it's kind of like that – like when it gets to the NBA, you're like you're in like that eight-range seed, like, cool, we made the playoffs. But at the same time, like now we have a worse draft pick. We don't have a chance to get like a, a better draft pick. You know, at this point, just go back a couple more games and I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's that thing of – you know, like have a good enough record. We really want to have a good enough record uh, be- that we don't get a super high draft pick when we know, like chances are Steelers make the playoffs. It's not like they're going to go far most likely. So it's like, is it really worth it? Oh no, they would get beat like the first round. Right. So is it really worth it to have such a good record that we're lower in the draft at this point? You don't want to tank, and Tomlin's not that kind of coach. He's not going to just, like, 
yeah, he's not going to no, say, oh, forget it. Let's play for the draft now, which means we're not even going to try. That's just not him. Um, so, but yeah, I don't know. And then, I mean, my Jags dude started off so good. I think you jinxed us. That's what I'm going to say, at least. I'm going to say that Tyler Duke jinxed us, saying how good we were going to be this year. Uh, not only have we just played poorly, but there's been games like yesterday that we really should win, and then we end up losing. And it's just, I don't know. It's just not gone well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it has been surprising. I'll definitely give you that for sure. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> don't I don't anticipate that ever um, to go that poorly. But, yeah, if we start lean – I mean, I – Though, I mean, again, yesterday our receivers kind of came back like Kirk did. So, like, if he returns to form of early in the season and uh, even though I wish we had kept Robinson, if uh, ETN keeps doing what he's doing, we definitely should win some more games. I'm not saying we will because we should have won some that we've lost. But, I mean, right now we're in a similar boat with the Steelers in a way of, like, we're just not looking that good. I mean, we look better than last year, but we are. Yeah. Even though we look better than last year, we still look like we're underperforming. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I get what you're saying there. Cause like, I, I mean, they've, they've, they've kind of like, there was, there's a chance in the, I, I was, I didn't watch the, the Jags game yesterday, but I overheard that like they had a chance to go up 20 to, Seven uh, to thirteen, and they went for the the touchdown instead. I'm like, eh, I think I'll just sort of taking the points at that point, and kind of, right. uh, you know, force the Giants to get a touchdown. And it's kind of it, it changes the way you have to play too. Yeah, I, I think I just think there's too many. I know we've had this on like on another episode where I've mentioned like I just think there's some dumb co- coaching now as far as like taking too many risks. Because I think it depends on your personnel and everything as yes. well. Yeah, like the numbers may say, oh, you have a chance of getting the first down or getting the touchdown versus taking the points. But at the same time, it's not factoring in your team, your players, the play you're going to run. Um, and honestly, just the coach themselves sometimes. So I, I think that I'm all for risk yeah. at certain times. And if you have a good play, you know, all for it, but sometimes I just think they're taking stupid risks and leaving points, you know, not taking the points that you should. Because like I would, if I can go up a touchdown and force the team to have to tie with me, and then I get the ball back and then take the lead. Okay, that's but for me, like I versus like okay, I'm up four and you have to get the touchdown. But if you get the touchdown, right. now you're going to be ahead three. I, I think it's dumb. But that's like again, it's just kind of my look uh, from watching football for a good solid like 25 years at this point. <laughs> like I just. It doesn't make yeah. sense to always kind of go with the uh, analytics. No, I'm with you. Uh, I think that's probably good for NFL, just trying to watch time. Uh, so before yeah. before we jump in NBA, just real quick, um, the uh, so two two sports. Uh, first, Major League Baseball. We should at least mention what's happening. Uh, the Yankees are out. Whoop that you know I think I, whoop of I, I feel like that was a surprise for people. Nah, the the, the Astros really good. Like they have really good pitch. Yeah, they yeah they do, but I thought they would put maybe up, not swept. Yeah. I don't think people expect them to get swept, but but I think most people thought the Astros were the better team because their starting pitching is really really good. Yes, that is very true. Um, 
so yeah, so I mean, we both have talked about that neither one of us really follow baseball that much. We need to get our buddy Brett on again. That would be fun. Uh, we've already talked with him about it, but we need to get him on again, maybe the next episode to, to just fill us in because everything's heating up with baseball right now. Um, but yeah, I, that was the one thing. I was kind of surprised they got swept uh, as someone that doesn't follow super close. I know they haven't been gr- amazing this year, but I, um, but I wasn't expecting that to happen. Um, so... I don't know. But we need to, even though neither one of us really follow it, we sh- uh, I think it would only be right for us to get him, someone like him on, and we can uh, just like touch on what's happening better because we're getting, you know, I mean, we're getting close to the World Series and all that jazz. So Friday, um, yeah, well, this is the time I actually like start, like I've, I've I keep an eye on the playoffs the entire time just to see how the games and everything are going. Right. Um, and so this is more when I'll pay attention to it now, like for sure. But like I have been like kind of keeping up with it. Like right. it was a surprise. We were talking about like in our, our group chat, which I need to hit, I hit that up. But uh, when the the Dodgers and the and the Braves got lost in the first round, and we were talking like how like that that time off kind of takes you out of rhythm right. a little bit when it, when it comes to baseball because it's right. such a rhythm. It seems to in baseball. And so right. kind of put them in a disadvantage almost in a way because they didn't play the wild card. And uh, yeah, that's that's just kind of wild to me, but it kind of has worked that way because both teams lost, and even though they can put up like over 100 wins each, I think the, they both did, but uh, pretty crazy. But uh, I'll, I'll definitely keep my eye on it. Starts this Friday, uh, Phillies and um, Astros. I think the Astros are going to win because, like I said, they have really good pitching. Um, I don't think it'll be a sweep. Uh, I think the the Phillies have a pretty solid everyday lineup, so I'm going to say four two. I think it could be four one, but I'm going to go four two. Uh, Astros okay. and our friend Chris will be very very happy because okay. that is the team he roots for. All right, yeah, I could see I could see four two. I don't I could see Philly at least pulling out two wins on with that as well. So I'll agree with you on that. Um, also real quick, just to touch on college football, not many surprises, uh, this week now, uh, Clemson looked like it was going to be a surprise. Uh, they were, they were really getting worked by Syracuse and then, uh, they, they switched their quarterbacks and made a very strong, uh, comeback and looked like the Clemson that people more expect. And they ended up beating Syracuse 27-21. And then the only other was uh, number seven, Ole Miss did lose to unranked LSU 45-20. to And being that they were number seven, that's a little, that was a bit of an upset, but not huge. I mean, Ole Miss, you know, there, it is the SEC and Ole Miss has traditionally not been a stellar, a stellar football program. So, so I mean that wasn't too much of a surprise. But that was about it. Um, my Florida Gators did not play this week, so I didn't have that to watch. Alabama, unfortunately, Alabama, and one thirty to six. So yeah, there wasn't there wasn't many upsets in like the top twenty five and all with that just a close one for uh, Clemson. So 
before we go way too long in sports, the NBA is back. Yes. And I'm so excited for opening night. And uh, I know we were texting or messaging or whatever uh, last week on, on Tuesday. Because I was like, oh, you want to record tonight? I was like, oh, heck no. It's the first time in the NBA. I'm, I'm watching it. <laughs> so I watched right. both games. Um, actually, I watched since 5 o'clock I had been watching because Inside the NBA starts really early the first night. So it's always like 5 p.m. Eastern. So I watched from 5 p.m. Eastern until I, like, I passed out. I just finished the third quarter of the Warriors game, and I set it up to, to record. And I was just going to watch it the next day as, as well as uh, inside the NBA. And then I go to watch it on Wednesday, and it, it said recording on my phone. And then the next morning, gone. Not even there. I was like, what the heck? Oops. So I never got to watch the end of that. I mean, I could go back because it's on uh, League Pass. Um, right. But, yeah, they, they end up winning that game over the Lakers. They just look so much better than the Lakers, and it was great. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the Lakers did not look good at all. I fell asleep pretty quick trying to watch that game. I did uh, later, like, caught up with it and uh, and rewatched yeah. some. Yeah, because I remember you messaged later, like, I was already asleep or whatever. Oh, yeah. But, I woke like, up. You messaged, like, like, you woke up or whatnot yeah. and started watching it again. Yep. And then uh, I did watch – uh, the first game as well, and plus I, I signed up for League Pass, and because oh, right. it's really cheap this year. So if anyone's listening, and and hey, it's like, hey, I don't know, can I, how much is League Pass? I don't know. I'm doing that voice, but that's the voice that they would do. And uh, it is fourteen ninety nine. That also gives you a month, or you can pay ninety nine dollars for the year, and it gives you a League Pass for every NBA team, one stream. Uh, and you can um, get NBA TV as well, and it's really cheap. So I, I love it. It's like Netflix basically per month for me. So I watched a lot of basketball on Friday. I was hopping around some, between some other games. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. I um, I watched I watched those games. Like I said, I watched the opening night, and and then I. I also caught like some games the next night. I I fell asleep when Dallas was rocking, uh, doing so well against Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then you woke up. It was funny because I read it in the uh, morning. I was like, "How they lose?" Yeah, and then, I, w- uh, I woke up. To and them you woke losing up thinking they like, won. Yeah. It was sad, man. I, I, I and <laughs> and I they just let them back in. It's just sad. I mean, I will say, Luca has started the season on a freaking tear. On a tear, like what yeah. they did to um on Friday. Like he, he, I don't. He barely even played later in that game wait was it friday or do i have it wrong maybe it was thursday uh sorry um they, they didn't play friday so it must be thursday was it against uh must have been saturday actually uh yeah it was saturday grizzlies. yeah because they, yeah. they dominated the grizzlies yeah it was saturday they had two nights off uh yeah they were on a freaking tear and especially him but like Woods is looking pretty good coming off the bench. It looks like that was a very good pickup for them. And I mean, Memphis is good, and they just rolled. Memphis has been very good. Yeah, um, I mean, 
but like Luca's just looking incredible. Uh, freaking uh, Denver is looking really good. Denver looks start off. Denver start off losing to the Jazz, and I was like, "What the hell?" Because like you know the Jazz going to yeah, be terrible this year projection wise. And then uh, I don't know if they played another game prior to. I think they did not. I think they were the second game of the year was against the Warriors on Friday, and so. The Warriors just looked awful that game, and they were turning the ball over. They weren't shooting very well, and so I kind of had moved on, but I had the game on still. And then they kind of looped me back in because it started coming back. And Jordan Poole, they got a steal, and he yes. like kind of like threw it up, and it went in. And they're down one point with like I don't know, fourteen seconds maybe something like that. And I thought, well, maybe they have a chance. And then they just like got that like cross court pass. And um, from uh, it was a cross court pass from um, the Joker, and uh, they went up three yep. again. And then they just took a terrible three pointer. I think it was Clay took the terrible three pointer. And I was really tired at this point. Wanted to go to bed because I was just exhausted. And I was like, I can't believe I stayed up. And they just gave up this big comeback. Oh, but yeah, I mean, they did make a comeback, but still, like, I mean, yeah. they didn't. And, and the crazy thing is, Denver didn't even have Murray that game. No, because he was. They were kind of resting him since they, you right. know, just played. And uh, I mean, I've enjoyed like what I've seen from the Warriors so far. Is Poole looks to be more of a playmaker this year, which is, which is good. Yes, and, you know, he's definitely needed. Um, Wiseman has been giving him good minutes off the bench at center. Uh, I mean, I I believe so. He's definitely not perfect yet, but he's playing decent considering he's almost a rookie this year because he didn't play last year after like nine games or something like, I don't know. It was, it was very short in the season when he got injured and his rookie year, he didn't play too much. Um, right. Actually. Wait, is he a rookie? He was a rookie last No, it, he would have been a rookie last year, I think. Um, but yeah, he, he looked pretty, he's looked pretty decent this year. So it doesn't look to be a lost pick. I mean, is he going to be great? Probably not. Maybe who knows, but it definitely just doesn't look like a wasted pick. It's not like a. Um, I think it'll be solid. Yeah, but I mean, they've looked pretty good. Uh, I, I've been I've watched a lot of games on Fridays, hopping around a lot. Like I watched the Raptors and Heat. Um, I think that was the was it Raptors and Heat? No, Raptors and uh, Nets. I watched that one a lot on Friday. Uh, Hawks and Magic got a lot of game viewing time for me because I wanted to see uh, Van Caro. Um, I watched the Pelicans and the Hornets. Because I want to see how uh, – I mean, the Pelicans have started pretty decent. I know Zion got injured. I got to look at the extent of that. I, I didn't get a chance to look that up. That um, dude is, like, going to give people a heart attack. Yeah. It's like – honestly, it's like Anthony Davis. Like, every time he goes down, you're like, oh, I don't know. Here it is. It really is. So. And it's sad. It's sad, man. Um, yeah. I, it, it's kind of that way. While they've not been winning – Orlando has been playing hard. Like Orlando kept it close against Boston on Saturday. They ended up they ended up losing by only six points to Boston. Like, I mean, they definitely have some pieces there. Like Bancaro looks good. Like he looks like a seasoned vet, and he's really this. I mean, if you kind of like his freshman year at Duke, it's like his second like <laughs> I feel like his second year in the NBA or something. And he's look like he looks like a seasoned vet out there. Franz Wagner looks really good. 
Uh, I think he's another solid player that they have. So, I mean, I like what the Magic have. Um, right. And, you know, what they have the potential to do, really. You want to know who's disappointing? Uh, yeah. The 76ers. Yeah. They won their first game tonight against the Pacers. <laughs> so, you know, they, the Pacers aren't yeah, very good. But it, right. That's the thing. It's the Pacers. Yeah. They've, they've just been awful. They, yeah. It's kind of resembled ugh. It's kind of resembled the Houston Rockets when Harden was the guy there and he kind of just stands there and he kind of dribbles the ball around. I mean Harden's looked better this year. I will give him that. Like he's looked better uh in the I've only seen like two games action two games of action with him and not full games, but you know, watching him other than his defense. He still isn't good at defense, but like his offense has definitely improved. But I don't know. I it, it, I don't know how I I don't know what's gonna happen with the Sixers team. Um, I'm kind of wondering if like there's like a either a big trade of like one of the stars or something. But I I don't know. I mean I I don't know if this is gonna work or they're gonna fire the coach. I just don't know if this is gonna work for the Sixers, to be honest. On paper, with Hart, if Harden is improved and he. Well, again, I'm not saying it's Harden of old, but he has started off the year looking improved, you know, closer to the to his form of old. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sh- they have stuff in place. Tucker should be a good pickup for them. He should fit their culture. Honestly, the first like I watched the first game, and then what I've seen of like the other of since then, Embiid has been kind of soft. That first game, Embiid played really soft. and Yeah, I think it's the way that they're playing on offense. Like, I don't know if it's necessarily him, but I think it's just definitely, like, he should be dominating more. Like, James Harden should be more of a complimentary player, and Embiid needs to lead that team. Right. I think Maxi is really good. Like, I like Maxi a lot. I think he's yeah, actually – Yeah, Maxie's good. Probably their second best player. Even I know Harden's. I just think the, the point of Harden's career, he's more of like a second to third best player. And I think Maxi, if he can step up and you know be more, I don't say more dominant because I think it's still Embiid's team. But I think Embiid needs to lead the team for sure, and not Harden so much. And I feel like it's leading too much towards Harden. He like well, also Embiid was just like he played so he just lacked the aggressiveness that he should always have. I mean, he's so good, but he just did not play aggressive that first game at all. It seemed even when he like did have the ball, you know, there was moments but for the, I mean, what he needs to do is, I don't know. What does he need to do? I was going to say, he really needs to, to dominate the paint. And then when they go to double team, cause he can dominate almost anyone down there. I mean, there might be a player here or there that actually defends him pretty well in the paint, but for the most part, he's going to win like any battle. So if he could just dominate the paint area, and then they're going to the defense is going to collapse on him at some point, whether it be two on one, three on one, they're going to collapse on him, and then that's when you kick it out to Tucker or to Harden or to Maxi, someone that can shoot you a three or yep. get a, a better like open shot. I mean, that's that's what you got to do and get the ball movement going from there. But I mean, he really does need to be the focal point of the team, not like, okay, here's Harden dribbling, 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 and I'm going to kind of see if anything develops, and I'm going to pass it out with like three seconds to go. 
that's not that's not how their offense needs to run. It needs to run through a beat, right. in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. They 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 should be doing better than they are. They should. Yeah. And I agree for I, sure. And it's very early. It's very early in the season. So they still mm-hmm. definitely have the opportunities to be a very strong team out of the East. But he has to be more aggressive. Embiid does. And we'll see what happens from there. You know, like I'm loving, again, you know, I'm loving what Dallas is doing. Also, Dinwiddie has seemed to be a very good pickup. Um, he's looked really good. So that's awesome. I'm happy for that. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm excited that the NBA is back. You know, I'm watching. I usually don't really follow the NBA till like, November. Um, like halfway through November, like at best. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm obviously I'm I'm jumping on it a lot a lot quicker this year. You know, in part just because uh, of this this podcast, and then also you know like it's the last you know last year and this year. There's so many teams that it could be. You know, especially with the. Yeah, I mean that's with the, the thing. East like, stepping up. Like even though I even say like the win the title. Oh yeah, I mean like even if you just say overall team wise, like the Magic aren't even though the record maybe not very good at the end of the season, the Magic are still like have pieces there. There's like a lot of teams that have pieces that just the the, the, the league's really deep right now as far as like players. Like there actually is a lot of, like the Pistons. Like I I, I really want to get on the Pistons and watch them because I haven't seen like their young talent go yet. And that's a, that's a team I want to uh, I want to watch more of because I kind of want to see how Ivy and and Cunningham play together. But even though like that's a team I don't ex- expect to do well, I right. think that team has a lot for the future and the Magic. Like I I still I'm I think the Magic it won't be this year, but maybe next year the Magic I think are going to pop up because Ben Carroll looked has looked really good this year. So yeah, two good games tomorrow though. I do want to throw out there. Um, we got Pelicans and Mavs at seven thirty, followed by Warriors and Suns. Like, so that's a pretty solid, nice basketball night. Yeah, it really is. And as much as it helps the Mavs, I do wish Zion was at full form, just because it's more exciting. Uh, of a, you know, I want to see the dude play. It's just yeah. yeah, it's disappointing for the Pelicans. And what make that? I, for, I forgot. I saw this earlier, but uh, Ingram is out. With, well, right now he's in concussion protocol, so the, you have two big players that might not even play tomorrow. Jeez. So jeez, yeah, he's he's still yeah. questionable. Um, there, there's I don't I don't see anything about like they never gave him a t- like he's not going to miss weeks or anything he's just questionable right now going forward as far as for games and whatnot and yeah I mean you definitely want to see the guy because it's just like every time you know he takes a hit you're just like Ooh. you kind of have that like that bated breath a little bit like Ooh. yeah it's you said it perfect a few minutes ago like Zion it's it it's it's like Anthony Davis yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I'm excited to see what happens. I actually just turned on uh, Denver-Portland right now, which is in the third quarter, and it's tied 66, both teams. 
I'm very surprised by Portland this year. Damian Lillard, I feel like has been playing. I know like he didn't look great like the first game or so, but like ever since then, he's been like playing out of his mind this year. He's done really well. Yeah, um, which I mean, also I mean, it's it's to be expected from him. It's just what do they have around them? Yeah, I mean they have an okay team, but it's like Portland's one of. The, I mean, right now the three zero, and they're, they're 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 off to a really good start. But you know, it's just. But you almost think, what are you going to be playing for at the end of the season? Because they're not a team that I would say like have title chances. They're, I mean, they're just, they're just not. Right. I mean, I'm being honest. Like, right. I just even if they make it to the second round, I think that's probably as far as they could go, just depending on matchups. And, and you know, obviously, I mean, it'd be like an injury or something like that, which you can't plan for at all. But I mean, they they just yeah. don't have the pieces there. I think to go further than that. They have Lillard. I mean, that, that's honestly it. Like, they have some okay pieces. Like, um, I don't think Simons is terrible. I think Hart's a good, like, bargain contract. Um, if Jeremy Grant can, like, have that smaller role, like, I think he's an okay player to have. Um, uh, Sharp is all right. Like, he's okay off the bench right now. Like, he's a rookie. He's learning and stuff like that. But, I just don't think like season end, like this is a team like, Oh yeah, they definitely have title aspirations this year. Like they just, they're not one of those, like they're they're definitely a potential playoff team. That's about as high as I could rank them with like, I couldn't see them going further. And I still even think second round is pretty far for them, but yeah, I don't know if they'll make it out the first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, heck, I don't even know if they make it out of the play game, to be honest, depending on their matchup. Cause the NBA is pretty good right now. Like as far as, Team wise, so. right? Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm exci- I'm excited for it. I don't know if you want to jump to music news now, since we're just over an hour in. Um, unless you have anything else uh, sports wise, uh, I'm good for that. I am excited for the World Cup coming in November. So, um, but yeah, that's about it. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. We're getting closer and closer to November. I'm just like, it's, it's it registering in my mind because you know next week's Halloween, but at the same time, it's kind of not because I'm like, oh yeah, it's like in a month, or we're looking at now less than a month. We're gonna have World Cup, which is just insane. Like what a plethora of sports. So weird. <laughs> yeah, a World Cup it's is so weird. World Cup's best in summer, man. I'm telling you, you gotta have. I know it's location wise. Yes. That's why they're having it later in the year. But you gotta have it like June, July. That's the that's the even maybe even August. That that sweet spot because football isn't starting, which dominates everything. You know, basketball hasn't started. You just you have that nice sweet spot of just maybe some baseball, and that's it. So that's that's kind of like where I like my World Cup. So it's gonna be interesting this year because I do like watching it. But it's like football, basketball, World Cup, just living and doing things in life too. So it's like whoa, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird time of the year for it, that's for sure. I don't like it, but I'm gonna try to keep up with it as best I can. So, I mean, yeah, same. Yeah, but yeah, that's it for me for sports. If we want to move to side B, okay. And um, I I wanted to kind of touch on just one thing real quick. And that okay. is, uh, I know the last episode we talked about it, and now this is why it's it's kind of nice to. It's so tough for me to give first opinions sometimes, and if we talk about a certain record later, um, 
because most of the time we record, it's like Sunday night. It's, you know, Monday, usually at our latest on record. And, you know, New Music Friday, I mean, you still have like a lot of stuff coming out. You know, me have like three albums coming right. out one week or some singles with it. And then like you have some weekend plans or, you know, you just want to hear something different or you're trying to listen to some vinyl, what, ha- what have you. But um, since our last recording, I've been really able to dive into the new Always record. And it's awesome. Like, yeah, I really, really like it a lot. It's it's definitely different. Yeah, because you were, yeah, you were unsure. Yeah, because like I, at the time I recorded, which was I think a Sunday night. I mean, I had only spent really Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I mean, not even three full days with it, because you know I probably didn't listen until we'll call it like nine o'clock or so, maybe on Friday. And then, even though I listened to it like maybe three times, I mean most times you need to still listen to a record even more than that. So uh, I've, I had spent so much time with it over the last, like say two weeks that um, yeah, I really like it. I, I mean, I don't know where, like I said, I don't, I don't plan to really rank any of my, uh, my albums or anything, but I could definitely see this one making the top list at some point. Um, Cause I, I, it is a really good record and I'm definitely all in on it now. And I've spun the vinyl cause um as again, or for B-sides, uh, it had a, the bonus tracks from Anna Socialites uh, what, on a CD. It's actually singles and B-sides, and uh, I'd never have heard the B-sides. There's only like a seven-inch record, to my knowledge, um, that contained the B-sides. And so that, that thing sells for like $200. So it's like I was not going to be able to obtain it. So it's a cool way. Actually, it reminded me, I, <laughs> I need to go listen to these. I just put them on my phone on my iPad over the weekend but then again i forgot to uh listen to our friend uh, alexander's band until late last night <laughs> so i jammed that ep before going to bed and uh yeah but i i do love the always record um big fan of it so i did want to kind of catch the listeners up it, it is very very solid slightly different sonically and not really that different sonically but there's just some elements like here or there they changed me with the songwriting or the the process but they still sound like always, but it's just slightly different um, in a few few different ways. But uh, big fan of the record. That's cool. Yeah, because uh, when you first mentioned it, it you, the impression I sounded were, not too in on it, right? <laughs> I was like, eh. well, you were like, you're like, it's good, but at that time, it seemed very different for you or to you. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it just takes, I mean, with a lot of albums, it takes multiple listens, you know, so. Um, and plus, like, even even since that listen, like, I was able to, like, look at the lyrics and everything while listening to, and, like, I, I don't think it's a flawless album by any means, but there's a lot of good tracks, and some I really, really love on this record a lot, so. Yeah, I, um, I... I tried to listen. It was so like when you have when I had surgery, you know, it was like it was multiple things. One, you know, I wasn't really out of it after like the first day. I definitely was after surgery because I had it in the morning. But then like that was on a that was a Wednesday. By that Thursday, you know, I wasn't really out of it. But I just found myself hard to do much other than just kind of like consume television. You know, I did a little bit of podcasting. I tried some reading and listening to music, but I honestly like, I don't know. It, it just took me a little bit to get in the headspace to really be able to consume music well and pay attention while I was listening to. So 
um, I felt like I, I felt kind of like I was a little behind on music. Uh, but there, since then, I was able, as I started to, you know, feel better, you know, like I said, I, the pain went away pretty quickly for me. Uh, I've been able to catch up on some things. Uh, the, uh, the new EP from Bayside came out, the red EP. It's really good. I'm a big Bayside fan in general. So, and I think I, I think it was, I think I messaged you this. I know I said it to someone. I think it was you. I was like, the new Bayside EP sounds like Bayside. It just, I mean, they have a very consistent sound. They're not making like any new ground, any big way of sonically. But being that I'm a big fan of Bayside, it's good. I really like it. So I'm excited for what their next full length will be. Uh, so uh, also a local punk band that I really like. Uh, put out a new album. Uh, the band's called Kid You Not. Uh, they put out an album, Here's to Feeling Good All the Time. And uh, if you like if you like good punk rock, uh, it's it's a good one. They're they like that punk rock with a, also like a little bit of that kind of hot water music feel punk rock. Uh, so I really like it. It's a really good album. Uh, I also uh, some singles from some like smaller groups I really like. Uh, there's a group called Vagabonds. It's really a solo guy. Uh, but he goes under Vagabonds, not to be confused with the band Vagabond. So there's an S on the end. He put out a single and it's uh, Conjure and it's really good. I just love this dude's music. And uh, it's actually on Apple and I'm guessing on Spotify too. It released as two songs. Uh, the other one was called Sun Gazer and uh, they're both really good. But Sun Gazer, he had also already put out uh, in September. So I'm not sure why he put it out again in, in conjunction with Conjure. But I, I recommend everyone give, if you don't know Vagabonds, give it a listen. It's a really good single. So, um, yeah. And then I know, well, I know we're going to talk some about the new Taylor Swift album. That's the big one. But uh, before we get to there, also, have you listened to the new Jimmy Eat World? I have not. I think I remember you it's telling me it's just a single. Yeah, it's the single, but I have not listened to it yet. Um, it never. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Let me double check. Uh, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. No, I did. I did. It came out Friday. It was on my top like new uh, for you yeah. playlist. Um, I didn't dislike it, but I'd have to listen to it again because it was only just the one time I, I played it. So. Yeah, I like it. It reminded me a little bit of not okay, not just futures, but that was the first thing that came to mind was a little bit of their sound, uh, their futures sound. So it's good. Uh, I know someone said like this is definitely a very fall sounding a Jimmy world track and that fits, you know, that the, it kind of fits the time of the year. Uh, outside of the always record, which I've been listening to, honestly, a majority of uh, my time um, since like we recorded last 
another record which I liked the release this year, but like I've been going back because we're getting closer. I know you, I know that you know my cutoff time is November thirtieth. Like that's for records, like because I, I really would like to set with records for a while. And anything in December, I really don't get a chance to set with a whole bunch. Um, so I have been listening to. Uh, the Always record, and I went back to listen to um, Osa Wosa released a new record this year called um, Sore Thumb, and that one, is, I just really like it a lot. I don't know if you've ever listened to them, uh, but I really like Osa Wosa's new record, and it arrived today on vinyl. I got it for 15 bucks, so nice. all my, all right. every, everything that I've purchased on vinyl lately has been really cheap, like 15 bucks, like nothing's been more than 20 Um I, and I, think I got Earl, Earl Sweatshirt Feet of Clay for 17 on Indie Exclusive Tan, which looks like that beer color. Like if you, I've had something the beer colored record, and that's what it looks like. And then this Oso Oso is on blue, and it was like 15 bucks, brand new, still sealed and everything. So, And that's Stars, deal. which I'll get into them later, but I purchased that North record from Stars um, for like 16 no, $14. <laughs> So everything's been super cheap wow. that I bought lately, which has been been nice because I haven't been buying a ton of vinyl. So yeah, that's those. But I mean, um, under twenty for a new album is incredible right now. Yeah, well, it's crazy because like this Oso Oso record. Now, granted, you can still get on the website. I think this. I think that's where this one uh, was one on one of the record websites, and it was like twenty two dollars brand new. But on Discog, someone was selling it for fifteen brand new and. Like the shipping even was maybe like four bucks or something. It wasn't even like five bucks. So I was like, yeah, I'll just do that because that's pretty good. Because <laughs> I like it enough, especially for fifteen bucks. Yeah. I mean, like if you just wanted to buy like the MP3 version, you throw another like five bucks in your shipping, and you got you have a physical record and the download code and everything too. So yeah, definitely, definitely not bad. Um, so those that's what I've been listening to a lot outside of this odd topic. Uh, for some reason, I feel like my music taste and I think i'll get to in a second my music taste has been trapped in like 2012 the last like week or two and i don't know if it's because i'm watching girls and that should have started in like i don't know i think 2012 was when it started or 2011 so it's like the music of that period here and there in like i'll notice in in the episodes but uh so i've been like listening to like stars is one of those bands i mentioned um and uh of monsters and men uh another one off the top of that is passion pit <laughs> so like just random and, bands from like, 2012 i've been never liked that band i i really like the gossamer record it's pretty good like i listened to it saturday when i was either working out or something uh because before i spun records and um i was actually surprised how well it it definitely is slightly dated when you listen to it now, but it it actually is like a whole record though sounds pretty good. Like they, because some records like you, like sounds like really great at the time. Then you see them like five years later, you're like yeah, there's some weak spots here and there. And I'm not saying sonically it doesn't sound slightly dated, but like overall the record as a whole like is pretty good. So um, yeah, that's that's a record that. Uh, uh, another album I've been listening to. So mine, like I said, most of my taste has been trapped in like 2012. Uh, outside, like some further seems forever, which I I got a binge of them on Saturday night because the the moon is down. Uh, anniversary edition arrived, so I spun that, and of course, um, uh, hide nothing, the German exclusive 
uh, green pressing with the acoustic B side songs on it, or acoustic B uh, bonus tracks. Uh, there's four of them on it. Uh, so yeah, I, I nice little flex the there. Oh yeah, <laughs> I finally yeah. caved. I, I think I probably, probably mentioned one of our probably one of our very first episodes where how I finally caved because I had had that record on my want list for a long time because uh the, the story is like I purchased this record hide nothing which is my favorite for the actually I love the first three the first three I, I they're all different to me and because like they have different singers so they all have a different tonal quality but hide nothing is my favorite and um I purchased the mp3 version then I went and bought it on CD because I found that Best Buy had four acoustic bonus tracks. And like I said, I'm a, I'm a whore for B-sides and bonus tracks. So I went to go buy that. And then... Um, I have that CD. I have, the, I have that version on CD. I probably still have it somewhere in storage. Like I know I don't have it like here, but I probably have it somewhere in my storage unit. Because I don't think... I, I imagine I would have kept that CD. And then I bought the vinyl on like a standard black and then i bought this one so it's like the fourth time i've purchased this record in its entirety <laughs> or this album and i love that record it's probably it's got to be top 50 all time for me i'd imagine i always say that and then i really think about it and it's like there's a lot of records uh when you really start to think about your, your favorite records whether it be newer or older it it does fill up quite quickly but i feel like that's got to be somewhere at least in the top 50 to 100 for me yeah um, i got I that one too. yeah I, I i mean i love that album too how to start a fire is still my favorite from them um and that's a lot of people's yeah it's just so good to me but uh no hide nothing was a great album and then i also got the moon is down uh box set it came today so i haven't had a chance to spin it yet but i did open it up and look at it and it's just great packaging the book is really really cool I know you said that you've already read. Yeah, you've read through the whole book already. It's so, awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to do that and sit down with it. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm really excited for that. Uh, but and that was a really good packaging and mm-hmm. deal and everything because I mean it's a it's a, I don't know how many pages are in the book, but it seems like there's at least forty pages. Just kind of like when I read because it has not only this the lyrics, it has like a breakdown of like how the band came together um the right. recording of that record how they ended with yeah it talks about like you know like yeah. Karaba's decision to leave the band and stuff too you know just flipping through it i saw stuff like that real quick so um yeah it's it, it's just really really it's, it's like a, like an insight to how that was recorded uh and i think they i know they still have some available i know we have i think the the, the one that's like the pink and the blue I don't think I'll smash or whatever, but that's the variant we have. But I think they have a cloudy one as well. And for, for the price, which I think was $60, that's a really solid. And, and especially cause I had the, um, the second pressing of it on white that I sold for like 40 or 45. So pretty much I paid like maybe 20 bucks for this extra copy. So it's right. definitely worth it. Yeah, no, I mean the packaging is really good. So if you're a fan of like that early, 2000s emo fan of further seems forever it's definitely worth or it. dashboard confessional yeah it's definitely worth yeah. it to if get. you like dashboard confessional you'll love this record because it's just like a, a heavier dashboard in my in my opinion as far right. as music wise but it's not like heavy but you know compared to dashboard a lot of stuff is heavy <laughs> right yeah for sure yeah for sure 
Uh, but no, I'm excited to spin it soon. Uh, I also, and I started listening to it today because uh, it wasn't really on my radar. And I just, even though I have a lot of respect for this artist, I just hasn't, it wasn't like really in my wheelhouse. But the the owner of Tone Vendor Records here in St. Augustine, uh, they've been really pushing their staff picks and like putting little sticky notes on like in this on every record in the staff picks section explaining like about the albums and why it's their staff picks and the new Beyonce album the owner Dan is saying it's probably his album of the year he's like it's just so good it's just so good you have to listen to it so <laughs> I've I haven't listened to all of it but I started listening to it today because of that and what I've heard so far like yeah it's good even though it's not in my normal wheelhouse, uh, it's it, it's a, what I've heard so far is a very good album. So um, I'm going to keep breaking that down and listen to it more. You would probably really like it because the production uh, seems to be very high, as you would expect from someone of her caliber. Yeah, I mean, it's so wild, like when you hear certain like production quality. And I, I know we'll talk about it in a minute, but this isn't like, diving too deep into anything but the taylor swift record i listened to a lot on friday because it was a slower day at work so i put in like the noise cancellation on and everything and really got to listen to that record production wise it's just really really good like even like the even though the album itself uh, like i may not be in love with anything yet the production i appreciate that production like i can tell how well it's produced and everything and, and i'm sure like with beyonce if i had put that one on that's i probably would notice that and like oh man like there's some good production they got some nice like elements here where they got everything like really nice and quiet i made use of that like i like the like when they use um make use of like the quiet because everything's so like some like noise forward and it's like let's crank everything up i like when you make uh use of the highs and lows on records and so i feel like they that record or that album i should say so it should say um, would make use of that yeah like i said i'm not very far into it but what i've heard it's really good and uh, i mean like i guess what she's what pop r&b is that what you would say i would call her i would call her more r&b and then yeah. maybe some pop elements because they i mean she hasn't really i don't feel, i feel like she hasn't had much radio play for a while but but definitely she's definitely one of those like she's become I would say I feel like she went from like a pop star when she first started. Right. Like her solo, not even counting Destiny's Child. Like pop star, right. R&B, very forward to now being more of like art pop R&B, like very arty. Like it almost is like a big occasion when this record comes out. Right. Yeah. So like very, yeah. I mean, it's definitely you got that R&B, but like she mixes a good bit in. And that was one of the things that like Dan was saying in his, I'll just read because uh, I, I sent it to you today. So I'll just really quickly uh, pull up the write up and I'll read it. But like I said, I haven't had a chance to listen to a lot of it yet, but in just a few albums or in the few tracks I've heard, I've already been able to catch some of um, what he was saying with the different elements, but uh, so he's, this is what he put just incredible. Even if you are not a Beyonce fan, this will appeal to fans of electronic house, hip hop, soul, and more. 
And I could definitely see that. Um, it's definitely one that is uh, like, it's, it's going to give you hips. You're not going to be able to not move to it. That's for sure. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I can see where she's like pulling in a lot of, it's very, uh, very beats, you know, in a lot of ways. And, in it. and then obviously she's got great vocals as well, but uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to dive into this album more. Uh, so I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad that uh, they're doing that staff picks with those details now. And it's inspired me to like really dive into something like this, which honestly, if I'm a fan of music, I should, she is such a superstar. She is someone I should pay attention to. So, uh, so I'm definitely, I'm definitely liking it and I'm definitely going to pay more attention to it now over the next few days. Uh, But with that said, uh, Taylor Swift did release that new album. And yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Um, one thing I do want to uh, mention real quick. Um, I just opened my Oso Oso record. Sorry for, I thought I had a mute, but I didn't, my bad. I noticed it was too late, but, uh, it's a blue record, but so I thought it was going to be blue transparent, kind of like that color, but it's more of like an opaque kind of blue, which is kind of cool. Cause it's not like mm-hmm. one that I have and the seller threw in a, um, an Owen record as well, which is the side project of uh, the lead singer of American football. Or I guess it's a side project. I think American football was first, but yeah. So throwing that as a uh, a freebie. So that's always cool. That is cool, especially when he already had uh, the Oso Oso at a good price to then give you something else. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 15 bucks and a free record. So I'll, I'll listen to the Owen, kind of like uh, the one guy that I bought the 68 tape uh, from doing a couple beach slang uh, cassettes as well. Beach slang bangers yeah. on bangers on bangers. I got to see that band live once at the wrecking ball. <laughs> yeah, they opened Fest. for uh, Jimmy Eat world here. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense. They're kind of an older when Jimmy yeah. world was a bit more aggressive consistently. Uh, yeah. That kind of like bleed America and stuff like, um, yeah, dude, I, I don't even know that beach slang. I'm not even sure if that's an active thing, if they're an active band right now, but dude, uh, yeah, I got some. Yeah. He, yeah. He threw in a couple of those cassettes and I mean, I feel like they're somewhat active still when I look these up. Cause I just want to see, uh, and I know that they had to be somewhat active because I think about, it was the last time I saw Incubus. So probably 2019 or 2018. Because I saw Jimmy, that's the only time I've seen Jimmy World Live is when they opened up for Incubus. But earlier that year, they played Morgantown, and Beach Slang was the opener when they played here in Morgantown. So that wasn't that long ago. So I feel like that band is definitely still active. But um, yeah, he sent me two cassettes of them and a bunch of stickers, which I have some Furnace Fest ones and uh, a couple other cool ones too. But like they have these little small FF ones, you know, you know what I'm talking about. So I don't have to explain it to you or anything. But yeah, some, some yep. cool stickers and everything. So. Two packages in a row from sellers have uh, been uh, very nice. But, all right, Taylor Swift, um, let's talk about it. I'm not. I'm definitely not going to, kind of like when it came to Always, I'm not going to have a full-formed opinion yet, even though I've listened to this record. Oh, man, I feel like I've listened to it at least four times by now because I know I listened to it You're at least. You're above me. I know I did once on one complete haul on Saturday when I woke up. And I was kind of like, you know, shaving, wet my face off, getting the day started kind of deal. 
Uh, I definitely listen to it all once. And I know on Friday, at least twice, maybe three times. Um, but I've been listening to the 3M edition, which has 20 songs on it. I have not been listening to them. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So th- I do want to specify that's the one I've been listening to uh, when I've checked out this record. Um, my first initial opinion is it definitely has the atmosphere sonically of being midnight. So it lives up to that because midnight, you think late night, you think staying up, you think some thoughts that are on your brain, whether it be, you know, lost love or just life thoughts. Um, sonically, I think it fits very, very well with the title. Um, it's definitely a more of a return because she had two folk records almost like indie kind of like very national influenced is what I'll say um, with her uh, folk with folk poppy poppy Americana poppy folk yeah Americana yeah, yeah. like with with uh, with ever was it evermore was the second one yeah evermore and then of course folklore uh, were the two and they very were eventually like brother and sister records but with this one, it definitely returns to pop. Um, atmosp- atmospherically, it fits the Midnight's. But if I'm comparing it to say, my personal favorite record from her is, is still probably going to be 1989. I don't think it's is that good, but there's a lot of good songwriting here. And there's a lot of really good moments on the record. And again, this is like three to four listens through. This is still very, very much in the early stages of consuming this record. But my initial thought is I love the song Lavender Haze. I started listening to it. I think it's really, really good. Um, it, it definitely has um, a single potential. I don't know if she'll ever release it as a single, but I think just listening to it, I think it has that. It's definitely, it's very, very catchy. Um, there's some other songs like uh, Vigilante Shit, I think is what it is, where she's just like going off like lyrically. Like, she's going yeah. ham lyrically. Um, and I think maybe that, that some of those are aimed at like the uh, the old producer. I can't think of his name right now. That that kind of like screwed her out of her masters. But that that's a that song goes hard lyrically. And there's some other songs I like lyrically as well. Um, I I think it's even, and that's why I said I need to listen to it more. But I feel like the song writing lyrically is is pretty strong like that i'm gonna get i would give that a very high grade like the production aspect already gets like at least an a or <laughs> worst case scenario like an a minus like that's how good the production work is but like the song lyrics themselves i think seem to seem to stand out a lot on this record and like i'll need to listen to it like like i said a bunch of times to really get to get get those and go through like mine's already shipping so i know it's not to me yet but it will be here at some point and going through the record, uh, the lyrics as I listen to the record really will kind of like connect it all together for me. And that, I mean, that's that's where I want to see like some songwriting stand out as well. And I feel like that that in that aspect, it could be very very strong. But like I said, as far as like overall album wise, I I don't know if I like it as much as folklore even. Uh, as far as if I'm just kind of comparing it, like I'm not like the big the biggest T Swifty by any means. Um, but there are a lot of records I've, I've enjoyed from her. Um, but I don't know if it'll touch those. And I'm sure that other people like other records from her more than, more than I do. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I don't mind the record. I think it's pretty good. But I don't, I don't know if it'll make any of my year-end lists or anything until I listen to it more. 
Gotcha. Yeah. So you've listened to it more times through than I have. Um, what I would say is my initial reaction is it's 1989 uh, production and style. They're not as dancey, but yeah. it's a kind of return to the more definitely a return to the more pop, more studio, uh, you know, like more kind of like beat production and like studio production type stuff. Uh, but content like lyrically and songwriting she's the writing like kind of like you, uh, you alluded to like the songwriting is strong i think the songwriting has some of the folklore songwriting to it so it's like so it's the studio more pro- more what i just call studio production when it's more like beats less like instrument driven uh more poppy it's that musically but then the songwriting and the kind of storytelling that she really did very well on folklore and evermore but especially folklore she's she's done in my opinion a decent job of keeping that in a more like studio pop sound which a lot of times that's you know i've talked before like a lot of pop music especially the more studio pop beat driven stuff i can i don't always like as much because i think a lot of the like lyrically and like songwriting kind of takes a back like the personal almost like a personal aspect is missing from it in a way right and so like I've always felt that one of the, so it took me a long time to be a T-Swift fan. I, it was really 1989 that made me, that made me really pay attention to her. But then I really didn't get into Lover or Reputation. Well, I guess Reputation was first and then Lover. I didn't really get into those albums. But 1989 is a good, is a really good album. Even though it's so I would say dancing. 1989 is great. Like it's borderline. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying like it would take down other but it's for her i in my opinion i think it's her best record i know um right and i feel like that i kind of got into late on but i feel like red was such a, a sonic change for her as well because like that was an, i was looking up 10 years stuff just to kind of see kind of because i still want to kind of try to do that at some point and i know you might because i i'm weird and keep all these lists and everything not li- i don't keep them all but like i make these lists when it comes to year and list whether it be music and whatnot and I just kind of like to go back years later and see what would I change differently from what I picked like 10 years ago? Like what I was, cause like, obviously like my music tastes have changed not so much drastically from like 2012 to now, but like say 2005 to 2012, they drastically changed. And then looking back now, I mean, there are definitely some changes. Like when I looked at all the releases that came out, I think I wrote down a good solid 23 to 26 releases that, that were actually pretty decent, like that were pretty solid that year. And there was only a few things I would change. Like I got a lot of my top of the list, right. But there may be a few just tweaks here and there, or maybe some things that I liked at the time, but for some reason I didn't put on like the top list or something. Anyway, red came out in 2012 (laughs) before I get down that path too much. Red came out in 2012. And I felt like that for her, that was a big change uh, when she released that record. Such a, a dramatic switch 
from say our country focused records to really incorporating a lot of pop there and then i thought it was just i thought it was perfected best on 1989 like you were saying yeah well she was still kind of doing like songwriting that you would expect more of country but definitely more of a pop element it was definitely more of a crossover album when i listened mm-hmm. to red when it first came out i'm like okay this is why i struggled to like her there were elements that i thought of signs of a really good songwriter but overall i thought it was kind of generic sounding of an album now when she redid red recently and it's supposedly more like what she wanted it to sound like it's better and that could just because she redid it as she got older you know and things like that so i I can't say for sure yes if she had had as much control back then this is what it would have sounded like then uh but the newer version of it is a better version but that is this thing of like, there's moments where I'm like, man, she could be a really good songwriter. And for me, mm-hmm. that really came through when it was less pop, less studio. And when it was folklore. So like, to me, that's my favorite album from her because of the story, the songwriting, the storytelling aspects. Uh, I like that album the most. And and it's, she had folklore's great. Like I, I definitely can. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just I like, uh, and in general, you know, if you've listened to this podcast and where I lean, that would make sense, you know, for someone like me to kind of go that route. But she just this there were there were moments of that on Red, but overall the album was just kind of like it sounds like a young pop artist to me, you know, it, it just it kind of missed some something that I do think is there in the, again, in the redo. Uh, but then 1989 was just so good that even though it's not necessarily the type of music I would go to, again, I said folklore, what she did on folklore is more uh, what I lean to. Uh, and I think it's her best as a songwriter working with that. Uh, but uh, 1989 definitely is what made me respect her. Uh, and then that's kind of why I would say, you know, like the songwriting of this album from just like really, li- really a good listen. I've only had once with it, uh, you know, like there's definitely some good songwriting and storytelling, but without it being like that Americana singer songwriter feel it is more the, the pop production. Uh, I think it's a good blend of both of those. Uh, the one thing I will say about it, though, the so- sonically, while with what you were saying of the whole like midnight aspect, which it seems like in a way it's a concept album, maybe not telling a store, an overall story like a lot of concepts do. If you want to go back to the rock opera, you know, which is really what a lot of concept albums are. There's still kind of a lot of times rock operas. You know, I'm not I don't think it's that I don't think it's telling one continuous concept but this idea of them being songs done at midnight the thoughts you have and the and like late night i they leaned into that so much that sonically some of it start some of what they do kind of starts to just run together for me after a little while i'm like okay content and lyrically 
the songwriting and the, where it's kind of storytelling was really, was still strong. And not that the music isn't good, but I'm like, okay, this is starting to be very similar, like layers and tones just kind of start to repeat themselves over and over. And after like one good listen, I did find myself at some points being like, okay, um, sonically, I feel like I've heard this. I've heard these layers, you know, like over and over again. Um, Not necessarily repeating themselves, but still just like, so just the, the overall aesthetic was was so concise that it started to become a little too repetitious for me, if that makes sense. No, I get what you're saying. Um, I didn't notice it as much for me musically. Uh, and I think that is because and I do pay attention, like mainly things thinking for me like vocals. I mean, music definitely plays a part. Uh, I think it can be very um, interesting and whatnot. But for me, like I lean like vocals and, and lyrics a lot, not always, but a lot. And I, I just noticed how strong the songwriting aspect lyrically was that it, it just caught me so off guard that like, that's kind of what lured me into these songs where sometimes a good beat can lure you in or just way it track sounds for me, I, I'm one thing I just noticed, like, it was, I don't want to say unusual, because, like, she she is a good songwriter. She's a she's an excellent songwriter, not just even a, a good songwriter, but an excellent songwriter. And I would say, even venture to say, probably one of, like, top tier, honestly, just the way she can craft a song and everything. But there's, like, some of the lyrics she has come up with, was, like, like I, I can't remember the last time a pop star... <laughs> you know for because it's kind of what this is is more of a pop leaning record um but what is what i mean by that and um like she was so vicious on that one song like god i was like damn that was like she went hard on that like i don't i would say about like maybe a rap album it's like oh man that was like oh (laughs) just got hit with a stray or something like that but like i wouldn't expect to say that about taylor swift but like her songwriting is what really I I took notice like right away it was the the songs themselves. Yeah, and that's where it really and it, and that's where like I love I did really I don't love maybe too strong after only listening once but I did really like how again she combined the more pop element that she's done more of of you know since 1989 with the singer songwriter elements yeah. that I love so much from like folklore and evermore. Like the fact that she's in a more studio poppy, um, like atmospheric sound. She was still able to like kind of tell stories in the, how she did it. You know, usually that type of storytelling is more going to be on a folk or an Americana or just a singer songwriter type, even if it's pop a more singer songwriter type album than such a studio, like really poppy kind of beats and, uh, you know, like uh, driven musically. Like usually those two don't always go well together. It also kind of reminds me, and I've talked about this off and on, on the podcast for a while now, it reminds me of stuff I'm hearing out of Europe and the UK with with acts like Demont Kennedy, new album coming out, Sonder coming out soon, where they, uh, it's like they 
are very influenced by these great songwriters of their culture, but you can tell they grew up going to clubs and listening to club music. So while like someone like Demont Kennedy still has a lot of guitar and stuff in his music, there's also a lot of kind of beats, you know, like Sam, um, even like a Sam Smith type of guy and some others that aren't just in Europe are doing it now, but that kind of, or um, Hozier, like Take Me to Church. That is a singer songwriter song and the like driven vocally and, and, and like lyrically in a lot of ways. But there's definitely a lot of like pop and studio, you know, you know, in it as well. So like, there's a lot of that in Europe, and this album kind of had that, uh, where yeah. it made me think of that as well. Like those those artists that really combine singer songwriter with a club influence musically, and uh, so I think. I think I'm going to end up liking the album even more as I listen to it. I don't know if I'm going to like it as much as folklore. I might. Mm-hmm. And this is a bit of, this could be a stretch. I might end yeah. up liking it more than 1989 because of the storytelling aspect. I'll just have to, I guess to listen to it and see, but also what you said about how brutal she gets I think to some degree, we still don't expect that from her. She's still kind of this, I think she still Mm -hmm. has a little bit of that, like, nice girl, you know, like, really, so, like, I think, I think we still maybe are a little bit surprised when, uh, when Taylor Swift lyrically goes for the jugular and just goes hard on someone you know does that make sense oh okay but like i said that's something i mean i i definitely think this room this album itself has like room to grow as far as how much i like it and everything uh i just think at the first listen and I mean, I try not to compare it to artist's previous work because like each one needs to kind of stand on its own. But I definitely, I'm just at first listen, I really liked folklore like right away. But then again, it reminded me a lot of the Nationals record. I, I am easy to find. Like if you've listened to I am easy to find, then you listen to Taylor Swift, it's like, oh, this has a lot of. This sounds very similar. And I granted, you know, Aaron did a lot of work on that record. But, right. It's understandable um, that folklore is going to yeah. have the national. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, then with, with 1989, I just thought that record, like I said, as someone who didn't listen to Taylor Swift at the time, that record drew me in. Well, songs on that record drew me in. And so eventually I gave into the whole record. I'm like, yeah, this thing is just, just great. Like the production aspect was there. Um, if, I mean, if you're looking at a pop record, that's that's got to be like one of the better. It's not like I said, not the best by any means, but it's a high-ranking pop album, and it's it's just great. Like I can put that record on, and there's just so many really really solid songs on it. And uh, yeah, that that one's gonna be tough to beat for me because that's still that's still my favorite. But like I said, vocal is very very good, and this new one, like I said, the the songwriting is what out stood out to me first. So I'm gonna listen to it more. Um, I might even cut back to because nothing really stood up like the bonus tracks like off the top of my head. Um, 
most of the stuff that has stood out. There's a few I didn't like. Like, I'll be honest, I didn't really like Karma. That's just kind of corny. <laughs> About the cat lyrics and stuff that were... I just, <laughs> I didn't really care for that one. That kind of was like, eh, I could probably throw that one off. And there's there's probably like another one or two that I could just like, I could take or leave. But for the most part, I thought it was pretty solid. Um, yeah. It was not a like it wasn't like boom 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 like hits in a row or something off the record like i think 1989 leaned more towards that like wow another one but i thought lavender haze was really good i think um it might have been anti-hero was like this isn't too bad um i thought there was a nice feature from lana del rey on Stone on the beach she doesn't outshine taylor she just kind of adds to the the song um and then the middle's like they're like the middle towards like back half isn't too bad either um, but like I said, I need to listen to it more. I probably should go down to just like the regular Midnight's version. And that was saves me say, seven songs that, like I said, nothing off the bonus tracks have been like, oh man, that's really, really caught my ear. Um, right. So. I do think it's interesting that there really weren't singles. Like, you know, like. Yeah. And I. and well, I, She did the same thing with Folklore too. She just kind of dropped the true. album. She was like, "Hey, three days from now, or I don't know. It was, it was very. It was. I don't even think it was a week. She's like, "Hey, I'm dropping this record in like a week, or I'm dropping this record in three days." Uh, you know, worked with the national, like Aaron and Bryce from the national on it, and here it is. And like, <laughs> whoa, okay, this is gonna be interesting because I remember seeing that tweet in like two days. It's coming out. I was like, "All right, here I am. <laughs> I'm ready to check this out." Right. Yeah. And it was such. Uh, it was a return to her old days of being more of a singer songwriter. But for the most part, it was just, it, for the most part, Absolutely, it was a yeah. very um, new sound for her, you know, just, and such a mature oh, sound as a songwriter and just in general. Plus, I mean, like you got Antonoff again, that she's worked with so much. And then he's on this one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is who he's she good. worked with for this album too. So uh, again, it's the I'm with you on the songwriting, and uh, again, just to go back, that's what I I do really like that she maintained, in my opinion, has maintained the songwriting of folklore while it being a more like poppy studio, not 1989, not as poppy, heavy hitting, but more that style. Uh, so I definitely yeah. like that about it. I also think, yeah. whereas 1989 definitely had singles, and Folklore had singles, but it was more a whole album. I think this one, and maybe that's why they again didn't do any single releases of it beforehand. I do think this album is very much like a cohesive, I, that's where it is kind of, in a way it feels like a concept. I think it may be more I would something agree. that's not as much certain certain tracks that just just really grab you in like nineteen eighty nine can. It's more of like this is a oh, this is an album listen. It is. I mean, I agree with that one hundred percent because even as much as I love nineteen eighty nine, it's not like I said, it's not a perfect album by any means. Um, it doesn't it has a lot of the same like overall sonic level, but it's not, it doesn't tie together as nicely as an album itself um, as nicely as folklore or this record. Again, 
early stage of this record, but that's something I noticed right away. Like it definitely ties, it def, it's definitely more of a, a, an album record for sure. Versus like, here's a bunch of singles and then a couple other maybe songs that kind of tied in there. Again, not as, obviously not as full album cohesive as um, folklore, but it, that's what it's going for. It's definitely a more album play versus like here are the singles and i got you know there's going to be a single here or there especially with like the sonic elements of it def- definitely has uh some potential there for some songs i think lavender haze i thought sounded very much like a single but uh yeah yeah i, I agree with you yeah i think it's a more an overall album listen and uh i mean granted like a lot of people are saying that you know like that video the music video that's out for anti-hero is just really good she seems to be and i think she also really did this with uh with the redo of uh of red she seems to be more focusing on the overall art not just the album itself while that's still probably the main focus but also what accompanies it with the like music videos and things like that I think she seems to be focusing more on the whole art project. And that may be what she did with this as well. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Yeah, so I don't know. I definitely I want to listen to it more, but I'm also uh gonna be listening to that Beyonce a whole lot more. And uh and we'll see what happens with it. But it, I think it's a good album. There's definitely been a lot of I've seen some pushback of like this is such a mid-level album. This is eh, it's just eh. And then I've also heard there's been a few people there like it's because she works with Jack Antonoff and Jack Antonoff is terrible. I'm like, really? I think he's pretty good. Oh, he's not terrible. Yeah, I think he's a good. I, mean, I think he's a good producer. You know, like, I, I, I can see maybe not enjoying everything he does or something like that, but I think he he. He's very talented. I mean, he's been going at it for years, like since Still Train, if not prior to that. And that was like a mid or to early to mid aughts, like pop punk band ish uh, kind of sound. So, I mean, he's definitely put in like the hours <laughs> for sure. So, I mean, I, I would say production. I think it's it's pretty good. It's just maybe sonically not their cup of tea. Um, I want just want to real quick to to pivot because um, I know we're getting cl- uh, closer on time. But uh, yeah, go for it. Just want, I know you said you're going to be listening to more of like Beyonce uh, as well, and I, I'm like just talking about this record makes me excited to listen to it again, which I'll I definitely going to dive into tomorrow. Um, to just give more of a listen. I, plus, I think Tuesday is a pretty slow podcast day, which is good. So um, it'll get me out of my 2012 funk that I've been in for like the last week and a half. Uh, but Drake is dropping. I don't know if it's an album or a mixtape. I'm going to call it an album uh, with 21 Savage this Friday. So I'm looking forward to giving that a play. Um, a lot of the, like I said, I, I really enjoyed like the Drake album, which I know a lot of people did not like. Uh, I just thought it fit like, like an overall vibe or an overall like kind of like sonic element that you wanted to hit. Like what he was trying to do, I felt like he accomplished that goal kind of like how we're talking about with like even this record sonically. Um, but I liked uh, the, the last record he released earlier this year. So I'm kind of curious to see how this 21 Savage one's going to sound. I, I don't think it'll sound anything like that. I think it's going to sound probably more, more like rap. Heavy would be my guess. Like when he's done different, I don't know if it, like I said, album or mixtape, like he did future and whatnot. Right. So 
looking forward to mm-hmm. checking that out and see how it sounds. Yeah, I've seen some like headlines because, as I've talked about, I'm not a I'm not a Drake listener, uh, so I'm not I'm not yeah. gonna like try to give like judgment or anything. But I know like a lot of people seem to not like the last. And what, what was it more house? What was it more sonically? Yeah, and that's I think what I that's thought. what people didn't like about it. Yeah, I, I like of... I said I liked it. Like it's an I didn't think it was like his best or anything, but it was it was a bop and it had a vibe to it, and it stuck to that the entire time. And I thought it worked pretty well, to be honest. Like I liked it. I, I'm not saying it was great by any means, but I enjoyed it. Like I could put that record on, and like oh yeah, and it, it transitions nice into like the, the songs. Like I liked it. I, I like I said I don't know. It's probably an album that's it's probably not, not going to make my top, but it's probably an album I'm going to talk about, like just because of like enjoying it <laughs> at some point. So I could see that happening for sure. But uh, yeah, yeah. So like I've seen some headlines about how um, people with what he's what, what he's about to drop with uh, Twenty One Savage, how a lot of people were like, "Well, uh, he sure he sure has abandoned that whole house." Uh, sound pretty quickly like so they're expecting it to be to be very different like basically the headlines i've seen have been alluding to well that whole house idea was a mistake and he's uh and he, so he he's quickly trying to step away from it so i see i mean i guess you could say that but i think that he just kind of always does kind of like sometimes what he wants like I don't want to compare him to like Jay-Z because Jay-Z will sometimes do a record that he wants to do and he does a record that people want to hear. And I think that's the record he wanted to make and he made it. And I, I, I mean, granted people probably weren't as receptive uh, to it that maybe he was thinking, but at the end of the day, I think he made a record that he wanted to make. Um, but I think I'll agree with record, that. Uh, yeah, for sure. And I think that this record will probably lean more towards like trap kind of sound, kind of like Twilight out Savage has. So I would imagine more, I don't want to say like um, uh, what a time to be alive. I think they have the record. I, I really do like that uh, mixtape or album he did with Future. I think it's it's very good. I could be see it being more something like that. I think this is a record that, unless it's just really really kind of bad, um, it being more like people will enjoy this one more. Um, it's funny because like just listening to like ringer music show and whatnot that and, and to a degree it always has but like they're like with the jake's uh most uh recent record they're saying like oh he's kind of corny i'm like what you just like i never noticed it <laughs> like it's just now taking you like some time to figure out like he has some corny stuff about his music because like really i mean i liked views for what I, i'm not saying views was great but i really enjoyed it more life wasn't too bad either but really since then it's just been like hit or miss uh with a lot of the stuff and he's had stuff out like almost every year so it's like he's had more stuff out than he has not and it's kind of like eh but i like i said honestly never mind i thought it fit what he wanted to do he made a record he wanted to make and i i enjoyed it for what it was like i thought it was you know pretty solid so i'm kind of curious to see where this was gonna go because i'm not like the the biggest 21 savage fan but i think he has some good stuff here and there so i'm kind of looking forward to to see how like the hearing it how it's going to sound and kind of just like giving it a listen on friday 
Yeah, I mean, um, I don't, I don't see myself listening, uh, but definitely want to get your take on it. And I do, <laughs> well, and I do agree with you. I think he, I mean, there's he is at the level. There's no reason for him not to just do what he wants to do. And I definitely agree. That's what he did with the last album. He wanted to make a house um, album, and and he. And he, from what everything I've heard people say, that's what he did. And it just seems a lot of people don't want that from Drake. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that may be more, it may be more of just like a bias that people weren't able to get past, you know, than it is really a fair judgment of it. You know, sometimes when an artist decides to do a, a different style because they really want to, people just don't always want their that artist to to be that style so it's so weird like i mean you're right but then at the same time then you get the people like well they never change they always just sound the same so it's like you're almost like damned if you do damned if you don't in a sense you know what i'm saying right yeah for sure i mean like i mentioned like i said about the bayside ep it's three songs it sounds like bayside I really like Bayside, so I'm completely mm-hmm. happy with it. I think it's really good, but it's not them doing anything like different or new. It's just, a, yeah, a really. It, it's it's, a, it's like kind of like <laughs> it's them. <laughs> this is the band I always use for this. Like it's it sounds like an August Burns Red record. I'm using it from Brett. It just it they always kind of sound the same. You know what I'm saying? Like there's I could put on you could tell me other than like constellations. Or like a song that I really like off of one of the other records. You could pretty much play any August Burns Red song. I'm like, oh, this is... And you could tell me, oh, this is on the third record. I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds about right. Because like, I couldn't tell them apart. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They all kind of sound the same. And I'm not meaning right. that like as a dig. It's not like they're terrible musicians yeah. or anything. They're they're very talented, but a lot of their music kind of sounds the same. Same with Bayside. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, they put out... They sound like Bayside. And they kind of stick to that, you know, sound. They don't really venture too far out. You're not going to hear them doing like a right. folk record. You might hear them doing like an acoustic track record. That's about it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they definitely, they definitely have made a name for themselves with their acoustic records. Yeah. And they're good at it too. Um, one last thing uh, is I did, I, I told you I'm stuck in this like 2012 like loop. So I ordered the stars record. I ordered the of monsters and men record. <laughs> I had it and I sold it, but I was like, nah, this is definitely one for the collection I'll keep. And then I ordered the because uh, I got I saved money because like, it was like a sell the weekend and so I got uh, Beach House's record too. So once twice melody, by the way, the box set, the gold and yeah. Okay, I was gonna ask the no, new no, one definitely or the new older one because I love, yeah, love that album. Is so that one? Will be, I can tell you right now, that one's gonna be high on my list for sure. That one I really really like. That one, like it's not like one I just enjoyed listening to. It's like oh man, it, and it's like with multiple listens like different songs hit you in different ways like i listened to it i don't know if it was over the weekend or last week at some point but recently i've listened to it again I'm like, man this record is so good so yeah. so good so that would yeah. be nice to um if you get the chance soon bust out that lizzo it's so good oh, yes yeah it's so good <laughs> You know, it's wild. So, as I mentioned, I'm going through Girls. Because I I did watch it 
for like the first season half or two seasons and then I kind of was like stopped I just wasn't I was kind of like and I don't know what I was watching at the time which you know 2012 so that's not like peak tv or anything there was definitely some shows but definitely not like we are now but I would say some of the characters kind of annoy me so that's a kind of like but then again you just kind of realize that sometimes characters aren't always likable and things like that i guess but anyway the point of that is i heard a song in one of the episodes i'm I'm watching tonight which is in season three and um like that sounds like something so i was just like kind of looking up the track listing or whatnot like of the of the music in it and i saw lizzo was actually one of the songs played and that wasn't that's not what i was even listening for or noticed it was something else but I just was like, wow, it's random. Lizzo was in like the third season. So that would have been like 2014, <laughs> like eight years ago. That just seems yeah, crazy to me. She's, like, what? She's been around for a minute. I know she's been around for a while, but I'm just saying it's like one of those things like I just wouldn't have expected Lizzo when she was like really kind of starting out, like having a song on Girls or something. Right. It seems, you know, for at the time, the show was pretty popular. I'm not saying it was like massively popular, but it's, you know, it's pretty popular when it first came out. It had some good reviews and whatnot. It lasted for six seasons, so you know, decently there, but, uh, yeah. 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 Check out that album. I mean, dude, it's so good. It's so good. It's just hit after hit, whether it's like a poppy, like dancey banger or it's more like, like sultry or, you know, it's yeah. That woman is so talented. So that it's, it's a great album. (laughs) Uh, so, and now, uh, you know, I got, I got this Beyonce to listen to and see where that falls for me as well. So we'll see where it goes. Another cool. year, cool. last year, and likely this year, that my top albums may be heavily uh, heavy on the ladies. Yeah, I know. I know the definitely like I've already mentioned like what leg is going to be towards the top, Beach House. Um, probably always will be up there i I have no idea like how it's even gonna i just have a list and like i said i I was diving more into my list again um that's i got like circle back to oso oso again um so it'll be interesting to see how this all kind of shakes out because i have a lot on here and i mean not really a lot i mean some are definitely going to be edited and more of like a i'll just mention a couple sentences about this record um but it'll be interesting to see what kind of like had a strong impact on me. I feel like it's going to be like, there's nothing on here. I feel like outside of, I don't know if there's any, I'll say this just overall. I don't know if there's any record to where if I was doing like a decade playlist, that would be, I have to make the decade playlist. If that makes sense. Like, there's been a lot of good records this year, but there's been nothing that's, like, last year. Um, like, I was still point to Turnstile and Salmon. I thought were just fantastic. And I would even now include Death Heaven on there. I would say those three records just overshadowed every other record released. I could probably squeeze Ali and AJ in there as well. It's probably getting pretty high. Like, if I was going back on a list and, like, do-do-do and was putting this and that there, I would say probably that might be maybe the fourth one or something, but uh yeah those those three records for sure last year were like absolutely very very strong um for me and 
I don't know if the show has anything like that. So. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some really good ones. Um, yeah. That's come out. I'm not discounting what's been released. There's been some good stuff for sure. Right. I haven't, I really need to start focusing on my list. I haven't done that enough. Uh, but other than obviously like, yeah, the Lizzo is an incredible album. The, uh, like I said, the, that uh, Beach House is an incredible album. There's definitely been some great apps, but I really need to start sitting down and focusing on putting that list together, you know, like a really long list and then cutting things out um, to see what still, what still makes it for a top. I always try to keep it as a top 10. So we'll see what happens with it. Yeah. Mine won't be a, I can guarantee it won't be a top 10. Um, especially like I said, not having like say, but it's definitely, it's going to be a good, good, good list of albums for sure. Like there's definitely some solid albums released, like not discounting, uh, 2022 for year of music. Um, there has been some very, very solid releases, but, uh, all right. Uh, we are getting to the two twelve mark right now. So anything else you want to add or comment on before we, get close to wrapping it up here for the night i do want to wrap up but i will say um there's been some good tv that's been happening Ah. that just ended so you know rings of power uh final episode was oh my gosh really the last two but especially the last was so good also i haven't had a chance yet i'm gonna try to do it tonight but i'll probably fall asleep during but i'm gonna try to watch the um, House of the Dragon finale. Uh, see how that goes. Uh, I just haven't had a chance to sit down with it yet. Uh, but also Andor, I haven't watched um, the seventh episode, but those first six is the best Star Wars in a while. And it's a really departure for the way they're doing it, but it's the best in a while. Uh, lastly, uh, since today was my day off, I went and saw Black Adam. And let me say, is it mind-blowing, incredible? No, but it's a it's a very good superhero comic movie. It was better than I expected. And I'm glad I saw it on the big screen because they killed it in CGI better than what Marvel's been doing lately. Like the CGI on this album, especially with the stuff that like the character that Pierce Brosnan plays, Dr. Fate. It's so cool. It's so good. So that is, if anyone's interested in that movie, I think it's worth seeing in the theaters. Gotta say. So, yeah. But it was worth it. But yeah, that's about all I got. Um, probably should wrap it up because I am getting very sleepy. And I know I have to get up in six. Actually, this is pretty good. I'm getting about six hours of sleep tonight. So I've been watching... Um... I'll kind of like I've been obviously watching like uh like the Marvel stuff like I keep up on that there's a few shows I watched throughout the week Atlanta's been pretty good this season I've really enjoyed the the last season of it season four um trying to think the like actual tv shows that have watched the handmaids it's been all right like you know but um I've been watching um I want to watch a couple of different horror movies that I have not seen um and I just, like I said, got a late start on it. But I watched uh, The Witch again. I watched Back to Back on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, which is rare for me to I watch still need two to watch that. Like that. It's very good. And the second go around, like you just, 
you watch when you watch a movie a second time, it just hits you differently, and you notice things. And not necessarily like you you need to watch this one again, um, but I wanted to see it again just as like a different take on it. Because when you first watch a movie, you maybe have some expectations or you have some ideas in your mind of how you think it's going to go and then the second time you watch it you don't have any at all because you know what's going to happen you just kind of watch it differently um so i enjoyed that and then i watched come true which is not necessarily a horror movie it has some elements of horror in it uh it's on hulu um by the way um the witch is on uh hbo i'm just telling people if they have streaming services that's where you can watch them uh come true i love the soundtrack uh it came out i think last year and it's a really nice take it's it almost has the the effect of like it could have happened like almost any time period there's like definitely almost it seems like a little bit of 80s influence and um it's about someone that can't sleep well and they're like having these dreams and they're like the sleep study and i don't want to give too much away but it's it's actually a really good movie it's it's much better than i'm that i'm painting it um like i said killer soundtrack uh, just has a really cool vibe to it, kind of like almost like a an eighties esque movie. Even it's definitely not eighties; it's definitely more of like a modern movie. Um, but it's it's very good, and it's on Hulu um, right now. Both of those are pretty short. Like I think if you watch both of them together, you're looking at like an hour, like three hours and fifteen, three hours and ten minutes, which isn't bad for two movies. So definitely doable to crunch both of those in. You have a, a an open night. <laughs> Oh, and the on the docket uh, for some point this week, because I have a wedding to go to this weekend, uh, let me in. I want to watch the American version. Uh, it's... Ooh. I've never I watched love the, the original. Which is, yeah, the original is an incredible film. I have it on DVD. It was before Blu-ray. <laughs> um, but... And I'm not even a big subtitle person, because I've mentioned this, and I love that movie. It's excellent so i can't wait to, I, I have read multiple things that the american version is pretty good like it's not maybe not as great as let the right one in but it's still pretty solid so i i it's on um i think i, I think that one was on hulu uh but i wrote it down because i do want to check that one out um you know since it's, it's the season it's almost halloween so at some point either this week or sunday um right or, or monday whenever I'll be watching that movie, but uh, yeah, that's what that's what I got. Yeah, so the original is "Let Me In." The American version is, um, I think it's called "Let the Right One In." The 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 yeah, the American one is "Let Me In." The original is "Let the Right One In," and it's excellent. Okay. Like I, I know it's on streaming services still, and it actually probably is still on Hulu it's excellent and it's awesome <laughs> like go watch it like the original is fantastic there are subtitles uh it's the only thing so as long as you can handle that which yes. is still not that bad highly recommend that movie for sure yeah i love that movie um i have heard like i was afraid to watch the american version uh but i have heard and read that it was that they did a good job with it so yeah, that's why I'm kind of curious to check this one out. So I thought I'll go ahead and and since it is you know on here, I'll give it a watch and kind of see. Yeah, I also real quick I did see um, Werewolf by Night. Have you watched that? Yes, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Of course. A lot. 
Yeah, I, I liked it. Uh, I feel like we m- might have discussed that last episode, like just like the horror aspects, how they like, went. That or we talked about in person, like uh, like on on chat. But I think we think we mentioned on the last episode just because we liked how like it had the old school kind of horror like kind of flair to it, like the way it was shot and the kind of like the elements and everything to it. Yeah, very much the old school like Universal monster movie. Uh, feel but it was really good yeah yeah all right, all right. Well, well i'm tired and <laughs> time to get about six hours of sleep which is not too bad for me yeah we got some sports we got some music and we went out of bounds a little bit too um listen to lizzo uh definitely listen to lizzo i'm gonna i will make a point to listen to taylor some more and also i'm gonna dive in really dive into beyonce and um, also, by the way, uh, the Trailblazers came back and because I, I had the game on while we were talking and they came back and especially mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter, destroyed the Nuggets. Yeah, wow. go check. that is surprising. Yeah, I would not have guessed that at yeah, all. Go check that score out. Like, whoa. Yeah. So anyways, uh, that's all I got. That's Top Place Podcast. Laters.